What is going down, everybody? Welcome back to another Am I Still on the Air? And uh, tonight, man, we about to do something fresh. Something friggity fresh that we've never done before. It is going to be a little crazy, but we're going to make it happen for y'all because... You've noticed in the last couple of weeks, there's been a couple of movies that have come out, and a lot of people have been like, where them spoiler reviews at, son? Well, you know, once again, life gets in the way, and uh, we try to make it work, and this is when we're going to make it work, and to make it a special time for all y'all, we're going to squeeze it. We're going to squeeze it all into one episode, guys. This is a mega spoiler review. <laughs> this is a mega spoiler review right here because we're going to talk not one not two but three movies ladies and gentlemen we're going to talk across the spider-verse we're going to talk transformers rise of the beast and we're going to talk the flash so we are catching up right now and we're going to break down these three films in kind of more of a rapid fashion because obviously if you listen to the spoiler reviews before we typically go almost about two hours on each movie so this isn't going to be a six-hour podcast i promise you so we're we're, we're going to be a little bit more uh, strategic tonight we're going to watch the clock and we're going to try to move things along at, at a good pace here um, but at the same time having a really good conversation kind of talking about these three films um that are really big man they're all number one movies that have come out over the last three weeks and uh you know different levels of what people have liked and not liked and just kind of curious to get everybody's views and and touch points here tonight so again this is a spoiler review my name is don mega this over here is the peeps down here is the friggins what's up guys hey there's a lot to get through and we have a lot to get through so (laughs) so much to get through and it's just the beginning it's gonna be so much fun though lots to talk about i am excited and all positive right friggins we're not a I We're don't have good. anything. Nothing. I never have anything negative to talk about. I don't know what you're saying. A boo. So positive. <laughs> Rainbows and flowers only for friends. That's right. All fives so, all the time. Flash did have his helmet. All so nothing from the complete. Never <laughs> overthinks anything. Never. <laughs> no overthinking. No overthinking. The the score he gives walking out that theater sticks for life. Never changes. Yeah, it never changes. <laughs> <laughs> never ever. <laughs> Um, so yeah, guys, if you are watching live on YouTube, thank you so much for joining us here live. If you're listening okay. to the audio podcast after the fact, thank you for listening. But if you're listening to the audio version, yes, this was done on video. So you can go to our YouTube channel and you can click the link. You can watch the video version or you can listen to the audio version. Either way, we try to make it work for you guys. Uh, so again, welcome to the show. Typically, like I said, we break down one particular movie and we spend time going over what we liked, what we didn't like, or overall thoughts and everything kind of in between. Tonight, we're going to mix it up a little bit and we're going to go movie by movie and we're going to dedicate, you know, half hour, 40 minutes or so kind of to each one, depending on how conversation goes. And we'll move along from movie to movie. So we are going to start back at Spider-Verse because, of course, we're going to go kind of in sequential order and um, we're going to start things off here with Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. So um, you guys ready to talk this one? I know one of y'all are. (laughs) I think that's peeps. You look pretty excited there, buddy. Dude, this is my number one anticipated movie of 2023. So, yes, I am very excited about this one. Just a tad. Just a tad. Just a little bit. on my list, but I'm also excited to talk about this one. It's on my list. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. I think it was an honorable mention. 
Yeah, yeah, probably. I feel like every movie this year was an honorable mention. I don't remember when they made the top ten. I, I know like to, like, all the good stuff was like barely honorable mentions. <laughs> no, but um, but yes, yeah, so... movie was ridiculous. I think in a good way, yes. in the best way, yes, in a very good way, yeah. So I mean, so yeah, there's been a lot of love for this movie. Obviously, this is the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. um, which came out what 2018. It's been a hot minute since that movie came out, man, and kind of blew everybody's mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like there was like we were in the midst of all these live-action Spider-Man movies, and then they were like, "We're going to do this animated movie based on Miles." And honestly, most people on the internet were like, "Fuck that! What the fuck do we need a cartoon? Like this doesn't make any sense." And then we started to hear. You know, the names like Lord and Miller being involved, you know, guys that really understood the franchise and knew what they were doing. They had a good comedic sense of timing. And then we started to see kind of some of the artwork and it was like, okay, that's different, different kind of approach. Movie came out, blew everybody's mind, right? And was a pretty modest little hit there that got people really excited about this version of Spider-Man that they were not familiar with before. So we knew they were going to make a sequel. Originally, it was Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 and Across the Spider-Verse Part 2. Uh, that we're going to be back to back this movie here was supposed to come out last year and then got delayed a whole year um, which we were all bummed about when it was supposed to hit i think october of last year and then uh, they decided and changed it and said nope no longer part one part two we're going to make it uh, across the spider-verse and then beyond the spider-verse for part three so it was like okay they're mixing it up a little bit let's see what we get and then this movie dropped a couple weeks ago uh massive debut um, just to put some perspective on it, the first movie debuted with like 35 million opening weekend. Wow. Very, very low opening, you know, just kind of typical animated opening, 35 mil. This movie was coming out. They were like, you know what? We think it's going to hit 70. And it was like, okay, yeah, 70 to 80 range. It would be really good. And it made 120 million opening weekend, which was phenomenal. I mean, a movie going from a $35 million opening to 120, which was insane. I haven't seen predictions blown out the water by that much. <laughs> Typically, right. predictions are within five to 10 mil if they're lucky. Um, and this was a lot. This was a big, big difference. Especially but again, since it's like an animated right? film with like a $100 million yeah. budget. Right, exactly. <laughs> yep. And the funny yeah. thing is, is, the two biggest debuts this year are animated films. You got the Super Mario Brothers movie, which is the biggest debut of the year, followed by Across the Spider-Verse. So kind of interesting that we're, you know, halfway through the year and the two biggest debuts are animated films this year, which is kind of, you know, mind blowing a little bit. So uh, this one comes out, kills it, um, get, was getting like a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, like a 98%, you know, fan rating an a like i think an a plus or a uh, cinema score i mean just i haven't seen anybody be like this movie sucks or this is a piece of shit like as much as you know especially film twitter is at attacking movies (laughs) yeah i haven't seen nobody attack this movie this is one of those rare ones Mm -hmm. that nobody seems to be touching uh for the most part here and um wow and and really well deserved because i will say you know i like the first movie a lot I was looking forward to this one mainly more for my daughter. Um, And then I walked out being like, damn, that was a really good movie. Um, Just overall, right? Like everything it brought again, the, this series knows how to hit the heartstrings. It knows how to connect the family stuff. 
Um, I love the animation style in this one because, again, when the trailer dropped, I was not impressed. I wasn't impressed with the trailer in the first movie. And then when you see it in context, you're like, okay, that's pretty cool. And it, I felt the same way here. I thought the trailer was a little wonky looking from the animation standpoint. But then when you see the movie as a whole, you're like, that's pretty interesting, right? Especially the different styles on the different worlds, especially like Gwen Stacy's world, um, how it was kind of like paint, you know, melting away. And then the different emotions were changing the colors. And that kind of stuff was super, super cool to me. Um, and And again, you know, Miles taking on this story as he's like, you know, not a part of this spider crew that everybody is a part of and because he's not even supposed to be there, right? Like I, the way they linked the story in this one was phenomenal um, and just bringing in all these characters, it could have been really, really messy and I thought they nailed it. So uh, general thoughts, guys, like just, you know, and peeps, I'll start with you because you were looking forward to this more than anybody being your number one most anticipated. Did it live up to that? Is it your number one movie of the year? How you feeling? On Across the Spider-Verse. Man. Um, geez. Well, what I can say is that, yes, this movie definitely, definitely exceeded my expectations. And I my expectations were phenomenally high. Um, there were some characters in this movie that were going to be in this movie that I wasn't too excited about seeing, specifically Spider-Punk, a.k.a. Hobie Brown. <laughs> and I, I told you. Friggins was like, yo, this dude. I'm like, it's a Spider-Man with a mohawk. Like, eh, now I'm out. Right. Yeah. But like, I can I am I am team Spider-Punk for freaking show. Like, I have been looking up like some comic books. I want to start collecting some figures. Um, like that that character was so amazing and just so perfect for this movie. Like the way he was antagonizing Miles to um like rebel because he is such a rebellious spirit himself i loved it i love the spider team especially at you know at the very end when you see the three from the first movie popping up and like i got so excited i was honestly like upset i'm like man i kind of wanted to see noir or even ham like just kind of walking by you know like waving at at him or, or you know we saw penny for a little bit and she's a bit older and her mech is like this like giant like Gundam looking thing and like whoa. Um, but like we got that, and then the movie's telling us, like, hey, if you miss this and you wanted it, you're gonna get it. And it's like, ah, there's <laughs> such this movie, man. I, I I as I told you guys, I can probably go on and on for two hours myself about <laughs> loving like Easter eggs. Um bits and pieces that they threw into the movie that like you will only catch on a rewatch and there's some little scenes even from the first movie that friggins and i always reference like we're always talking about bagel you know getting hit with bagel and they threw that in as like a major plot point into this freaking movie what bits and pieces like the spider glitching from the very first movie it's like the way that the first movie is and this movie, it's they mesh so well together. It doesn't feel like like an afterthought or something forced. Like this is a sequel that you know, the first movie was amazing by itself. It could have been done, and then we would have all, I think, like been very happy with it. Yeah. But the way that this movie connects with the first one, it's like, oh yeah, of course, definitely we need this, the this second movie. And 
I, I see a lot of people, you said that you haven't been seeing a lot of negative feedback on them. I think there's a lot of the younger generation that has never seen Empire Strikes Back. And I'm not even joking, but they are literally upset and booing and angry at the movie theater by the way that the movie ended. And, <laughs> you know, they, they, they felt, you know, cheated and they wanted their money back. And, and I'm not even going to say I get it or I, or I understand because I personally haven't watched the first movie. I like, this got me excited for what's to come because I, I don't want a 30 minute final act. You know, I want another like two and a half, two hour movie of everything else that they, that they have for us. Um, gosh, like, I don't know. I don't know what his, his, I can't remember his name, but Spider-Man India, a character I didn't even know was in this game, but just loved the, the way that he looks and such a great improvement from the way he looks in the comics. The comics, he's like Spider-Man top with Aladdin bottom. Like yeah. that's that's really all. Um, yeah, man, just music, characters, animation, even characters like Hobie bringing his animation into the real world and mm-hmm. how he's always changing. Um, humor, like I'm just cracking up super <laughs> hard at this movie. Like it, it you know, just the, like you were saying before, the like the emotions, the family element, the elements of being a parent and your child going from that like adolescent to becoming like a teenager, and that change that they go through, and how do I handle it? How 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 do they handle it? Like you know, just don't let go of that that little boy inside of you. And to see, man, I, I just know that it's going to hit like in the next movie when he he comes back with a cake and whether something's happened to his dad or something hasn't like it's just they're going to do such a great like these two lord and miller man like i haven't seen a movie yet where they it, they didn't do fulfill their their goal like I, I why did i you you too don like why do we like lego movies so much that movie should not have been that good it had no, no business being that freaking good <laughs> nope <laughs> We thought and, it was the dumbest shit ever when they announced it. Yeah. Right. And then, like, that's back when I was working with you, and you're over there singing everything is awesome. Like, at <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, man. Like, uh, everything they've done, it, it kind of makes me sad that they didn't actually direct the Ant-Man movie. As great as that movie was, like, it just kind of makes me think, like, how how much better it could have been. But, you know, whatever. Um, but, yeah, man. Um, so many things I can say about this movie. I, I can go on and on and on. Friggins, you're going to say something that's going to remind me. I'm going to want to interrupt you, but I'm going to <laughs> hold tight. This movie, it, it, I, I'd say probably the like best animated film of all time. Um, I, I absolutely oh. loved it. So I'll just hand off that baton to you, Friggins. <laughs> oh, thanks. I'll there take that over here and uh, take it. So, look, guys, I hate to be the downer, but after watching this movie, I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Peeps was there with me. He knows. Um, absolutely yeah. loved it as well. Um, same as you guys. And I think, you know, in general, like you guys each kind of talked about a lot of the same aspects, the same emotions, feelings that I had coming out of it. I thought it was a, a whirlwind of, you know, a visual, but mixed with emotional, but mixed with an action packed like all these different aspects combined into this wild tornado uh, of art. And really when I think about this movie, that's kind of what I really emphasize and focus on the most. I think of it like, you know, could you imagine 
traveling back in time and watching Da Vinci as, you know, he's creating these, these works or, um, you know, seeing Leonardo paint um, or, or any of the other Ninja Turtles doing a painting. (laughs) Um, But in all seriousness, if you could sit back and watch that art unfold and how impactful that would be, I kind of feel like we had that moment with this and seeing art unfold. And that was really what I kept it kept dra- pulling me into because I grew up wanting to be an artist. I used to draw when I was younger every day. And I like have books I found where I drew my own comic books and things. And they're totally crappy by the way. But like, so I have this like yeah. extra appreciation for art. And what was wonderful is they were, the, these directors have taken the time to like go back and look at books and try and mimic or match a lot of the artistic styles. You could see it in the comedy aspects of, of Bitten Riley, right? With the sketchy lines and the muscles, um, which was completely prevalent in that era of comics that it came into. And then going even more so into Gwen Stacy. I loved how and, emo he was. Like, like yeah, yeah. The oh, Riley one. so depressed. Oh, God. My yeah. bad story is so Shout hard. out Andy Samberg, man. Andy Samberg. Yeah. I love Andy Samberg so much. He was perfect for it. And, and that's what I'm saying is they, they paid so much attention to these artistic aspects of not only the look of a character, but even the era of the character. And, and Ben Riley's a perfect 90s. example. Um, and then Gwen, I mean, as soon as we go into her world, I like was like, that is straight out of the comics. Like I literally have a comic with the cover mm-hmm. that looks exactly like what we were seeing in there and how the, the, the colors would change in the background, depending on the emotions, things would get sad. You'd see that the color change in the background or if it got intense, it would change to a different color. And I really, that was my biggest takeaway from this whole process is the way that you can utilize art to give us these emotional responses. And, and, and that's through. so beautiful because like these are coming from comics and, and you friggins know that from you know, artist to artist, each comic like is different. It's got a right. different feel. It's got a different um, like background and, and, and just art altogether. And you, you mentioned Da Vinci and I'm sure you did that on purpose because there's a bit of Da Vinci art in, in this yep. as well. <laughs> and yeah, like to see them add that element of just multiple artists kind of coming together all on the same character. Like it's, ah, it just, it's super meta. Even when they're talking about canon events, like, yeah, how meta can you be? Like, the term canon, you know, it's really cool that they use that term as the defining factors of, of the canon of each story. And that's a, a term we use in comic books all the time. And uh, I, I found that to be enjoyable. So they, they're paying attention to these crazy, minute details that um, are were just, it was just wonderful. It adds to the whole experience and really gives you know, a, a greater appreciation for what you're watching. Uh, I've, and, you know, just to kind of talk about what you guys mentioned earlier, I, I literally have only heard one person say um, anything bad about this movie, but that person says bad stuff about everything. <laughs> so yeah. I, I took that one with a grain of salt, but like everyone seems to at least appreciate, I know people that don't, aren't moviegoers that don't really go to the movies that went to the movie to see this one. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of respect being shown there. People are really taking in these general terms. So you make comes. 120 mil. That's right. That was that word, right. Of, word of mouth that weekend. Just yep. everybody talking about it and saying, go see it. 
you know, took it there. And and, and me going back multiple times. Multiple so. times, yeah. <laughs> so, Don, I'm curious, with someone who, you know, isn't as familiar with the, the comic books as maybe myself or Peeps, and, and you know, because there's a lot of, like, small cameos here and there where you could see something in the background that was – uh, and, and I know you're relatively familiar. I'm sure you recognize a ton of stuff that was in there. But would you say that, like, those kinds of things, like, added to the experience for you? and um, Or was it just another cool thing that you're seeing? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. I could add it to the experience. I mean, like even from the trailer when they're in that kind of hub, you know, and they're seeing all the different people. I mean, I, I get a kick out of that stuff. I mean, I love Easter eggs. I love when stuff like that happens in the live action movies. So that's always cool. Right. Um, I think too, what was really cool is I was, I'm very big on like the Spider-Man game that came out a couple of years ago. Uh, yes. um, and then the miles game that came out and, you know, you have the, you know, the PS4 Spider-Man that's in there when they're talking about gaming and he pops up and he's like, what, what's up? What are you guys talking about? <laughs> you know? And, and, uh, and just all the different, because when you're playing that game, like there's 50 different suits you can pick from. And so you notice a lot of the suits and you're like, oh, there's that one suit and there's that. And, you know, and I, I was a big fan of Spider-Man 2099. So you'd see him get to be, you know, like I was super stoked in the first movie when that was the post credit scene. And it was like, they're going to bring 2099 in, you know, so like getting to have that uh, with Oscar Isaac coming back was super, super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so many little Easter eggs. I mean, like that this is going to be a movie that when it hits digital is going to be studied very hard, you know, frame yeah. by frame, because there's so much that we did not see or went by in the background too fast, you know, and then of course there's a lot of other stuff too. Like I never would have expected a horse with a Spider-Man mask, on, you know, like <laughs> yeah. stuff like that, that I'm just like, what the hell, you know, <laughs> but it's still funny, right? Because in every universe there's a Spider-Man. So, um, so yeah, I, I dig stuff like that. I I want to ask you guys like what you thought of the overall story, like, you know, like that you have this premise and when you're watching the trailer, and you see kind of like how they're all chasing him and you're kind of like, you know, like what is going on? Right. Like, and then in the story early on, you see that, you know, the, that he's not involved in it. Right. It's all these other Spider-Mans and this and that. And then come to find out that the gist of the story is that, you know, they're the society that's basically trying to keep everything according to the multiverse timeline. Right. We have so mm -hmm. much multiverse stuff lately in the last couple of years, but almost showed like the Loki branch, you know, and then all of a sudden things are branching off. And, you know, and if you don't have your Uncle Ben moment, you know, then then things aren't right. And how Miles is an anomaly. Right. Because that spider came from another universe and it never should have bit him in the first place. So he's not a yep. real Spider-Man. Right. He's not a Peter Parker. He's not yep. part of that. And I thought that was so smart and so unique that they went that route with it. It was something I wasn't expecting. I kind of felt like 
wow, like that took some really good planning out to really understand, yeah. you know, and, you know, that leads to that scene, you know, where he's like, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. Right. And he mm -hmm. kind of like wants to branch out and he's like, I don't have to let my dad die. Right. Like I can yeah. save him and I could be, be a Spider-Man and I yeah. could do everything. Right. And I thought that was just super cool. I really, really dug the story, which, you know, for me as a guy who doesn't like animated stuff very much, it's because a lot of times, like, the, the animated stories are so generic. They're so plain. It, you know, they're so kiddie-ish. And that was really deep. And I like how they showed the branches and how everybody dealt with that pain, right? And we see um, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man holding, yeah. you know, Gwen Stacy's dad in his arms as he died. And you see Uncle Ben die with the Tobey Maguire. And you see these different moments panning out about how everybody went through that except Miles, you know, and he yeah. never should have been bitten. I love that. So I just wanted to get your guys, like, thoughts. Like, what'd you think of that core of the story? I loved it very much. <laughs> and I... um and and it's very interesting too because like that whole bit of them not accepting miles because he's not supposed to be there in the first place that's just an allegory for miles's creation um in the first place like when he was first released as the ultimate spider-man many people did not accept him many people were like what not my spider-man black spider-man nope not interested i'm out you know like nobody wanted anything to do with him and I mean, you know, through uh, just word of mouth and just good writing, like he ended up becoming what he is today. And to the point where people I've even seen like videos of like of Ant-Man three and Scott going like this to a little kid on the uh, bus stop with the afro. And yeah. Like, and they Miles? said, Miles? Is that Miles? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, I'm yep. sure I'm sure freaking like Marvel's going to do that. And like, they're going <laughs> to cast the miles. And then like five years after that, be like, just so you know, that actually was Miles. That was him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember they did that with the little kid in Iron Man 2 and they were like, it's yep. Peter Parker. He Peter was at Parker. the Stark exactly. Expo. Right. <laughs> and, and then even then, like, even with the Easter eggs with uh, like, you know, seeing Donald Glover in there, like, like most yes, people that know so the good. stories of, of Miles Morales so and, and Donald Glover, like that's a big moment. And you can even just say like, oh, look, it's a cool uh, nod to homecoming, but it's so much more than mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, man, like, it is such a mountain to climb or miles has such a huge mountain to climb. He has this like larger than life villain that I would say would be like more complicated than Spider-Man himself to deal with like this multiverse, this multi-dimensional being that Dr. Strange would literally need to come and help him with that. <laughs> miles is just going to help, you know, by himself. Um, I mean, no, he's got his little spider team. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and then he's dealing with um, Miguel, and then he's also dealing with this this you know, this this uh, other prowler. You know, he has so much on his shoulder, but like that is Spider Man's thing. Like he like in that moment in Homecoming when he's literally holding that like that uh, parking garage on his shoulders, and he wants to give up, but he doesn't give up, and he just pushes through it. Like that is Spider Man. Like despite all odds, like oh my. Gosh, I'm so it's great. Sorry, Fred. No, to to build on top of that, um, you know, I think that you talked about allegories and metaphors and all this, and I think that 
I think every single person could fit in those shoes. At some point, you felt like there was just too much on your plate. There's too many Back things Spider-Man. coming at you. Back and there's Spider-Man. just exactly that's exactly what Spider-Man is supposed to be is like you keep pushing through, you keep fighting through. Um, you you can make those changes, those don't impacts. Give still, don't give up. You could be a good person and still, you know, come out. And I think that's the beauty of of Spider-Man in general, but specifically here. And these stories, they have find a way to really hit that home and make you feel it, make you see it in a different way. Um, and I just, you know, I got to love it for that. I think they, they've done a really amazing thing with this, you know, these two movies that they've put together already, which, you know, on the surface is just another cartoon. But there's so much more in that story that's below the surface. Very much so. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely much more than a cartoon. I mean, I, I like your, you pointing that out, you know, because it it can, you know, fall into that route. And this is where the conversation comes into play, right? Because the first movie won Best Animated Film at the Oscars. And now there's a lot of talk like, you know, yeah, obviously it could win Best Animated Film again too, but should it be nominated for Best Picture? Yes. You know, like it can should. it be the main yeah. category? Yes. You know, yeah, it could. You know, like, will they do it? We'll have to wait and see. But I like that that's where the conversation's headed now. It's like, can it, can it be more than just best animated film, right? Just up against, you know, other Pixar, Disney you films, know, I, you know? I look at, kinda... like, Avatar 2, which is 90% animation. You know, there's just this tiny amount of actual real-life people. Well, guess what? Across the Spiders had a couple real-life people in it. <laughs> they Don't you couple... play that shit now. <laughs> So they acted out every count. scene in That's that movie. They they had a couple people in the in the real life people in it, so I think it should count. All of them are real life. <laughs> Shit, went on cartoon. I'm curious. Just I mean, obviously we we love this. We love Spider Man. We love superheroes, um, and and everything that it, you know comes together here in this film, adding in the art, the direction, the story, and all that. But was there anything that you didn't necessarily like? Is there, are there any things that you would change differently or something that was too much, too little? You know, I, I want to throw it out. I'm a little curious to that because I know how much we all love this. But is there anything we would want different? I just didn't like the cliffhanger ending, I'll be honest. Like, you know, I felt like on one hand, like I know we kind of talked about this briefly in our chat. But like, you know, you kind of expected it because it was originally a part one and part two. And it's like, OK, like obviously it's leading in. But when they changed the titles, I felt like we get a more like this movie and then this movie, right? Whereas mm-hmm. like, it just kind of ends and is like to be continued. And I'll never, ever forget my daughter being like, oh, come on, man. When that <laughs> shit came on the screen, which I just thought was hilarious. Um, she was funny. so mad, you know, because she loved the movie and she was just like, I can't believe they did that to us. Um, you know, so, um, and just because we had literally just done that a couple weeks ago with Fast X, right? Like right. we get to the end and then it's like, ah, it's over, right? So, <laughs> You know, the good thing is, is that we're getting this third one within the next year. You know, this movie, the Beyond the Spider-Verse is supposed to come out in March. Um, so if things don't delay and everything stays on track, um, we'll be getting this movie in a nice time frame to pick up and finish the story, which I don't mind. You know, it reminds me of when I saw, you know, Matrix Reloaded, right? Remember that ended thing. on us. You know, thing. it was like, always takes me back to that. And then we got to get ready for Revelation, you know? And so... Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's a little bit of a bummer because I expected more of a wrapped up storyline for the first one. Um, but 
I don't, I mean, that's nitpicking, you know, I mean, it's not like it made the movie any worse by doing that, but it was just, if I had to pick something that kind of bugged me, it was just that it was a to be continued kind of ending, you know, um, yeah, yeah, that's the main one that stands out for me, but nothing else really. I think, I think it nailed everything else. I'm, I'm trying, man. I'm really trying, (laughs) you know, I'm, I'm nitpick Nancy and I, I guess I would have liked to have seen maybe miles handle a villain from his universe to just kind of show that you know like he's got that under control and maybe even maybe even understand a little bit more like why is it that no other superheroes exist in any of these spider-man like worlds it seems like like it seems like if you're dealing with a multiversal entity such as like this this spot like except for 10999 there was a doctor strange man there was a doctor strange yeah who is doctor like, strange yeah. well there's there's other blue panther uh, 2099 characters as well you know they could have referenced some of those but obviously we know that that has to do with contracts and rights and all that crap but sure so for me i think you know the reason i wanted to bring that up is because i think it's it's hard to find a film where we really don't have anything that one of us especially in this group uh can can pinpoint (laughs) it that's true even for me like i i the only thing that i caught myself in the middle or in the kind of early in the movie was when the when he was first fighting the spot character i felt like that was a joke that went a little too long and i I, but then like how everything comes back in the explanation and then how he becomes a bigger deal like then i'm like okay i get why that was in there so even that what i thought might be a nitpick kind of goes away and and the cliffhanger thing like obviously the reason that bothers us is because it's so good we wanted to, to see it finish out um, and I think that's is a good thing about your movie. If your biggest complaint from fans is they're pissed off that you cut it short, that means they wanted to keep watching. This movie could have been a six-hour movie, and people probably would have been fine with it. You know, um, so uh, yeah, I mean that's awesome. I mean it's pretty rare that we find something that there's very few things, if any, to to nitpick about. It made me think. Uh, you know, one thing I will kind of nitpick on uh, as well. Now that I'm thinking about it, when I'm, I'm remembering coming out of it, I think it did run too long. Um, you were just talking about watching it for six hours. Uh, this movie is almost two and a half hours long. Right. I think from the kid aspect, it, it's it's long. I saw a lot of families having to get up and take their kids out, and it just you you a normal kid movie is kept around ninety minutes two hours tops right Right. and it's like we just kind of had little mermaid the live action one was almost two and a half hours long that was a long stretch i felt it in that movie and then here too not that i felt it as much but i i felt like it just kind of kept going and going and going And i feel like if you're gonna have a two-part movie that ends on this cliffhanger they probably could have trimmed out a little bit um just to kind of you know to get to that kind of crucial point and then go um, so I think it just ran too much on the on the long side. I think it, it could have went over two hours a little bit, but I think it was like 220, 225. And like that's that's long for an animated film, just just at least from a kid perspective. Like I said, it didn't bother me too much, but you know, my daughter was like, I gotta go to the bathroom, and like they started, you know, like towards the that's end true. there was like, hold on, hold on, I think it's almost <laughs> over. Like you wait, you know, and it's like we typically don't gotta worry about that shit, but like, you know, I just I felt like they pushed it just a tad too long. Um, but again, from a nitpick kind of standpoint. So now I'm also curious. Favorite 
new Spider-Man and and is there one you you wanted to? I mean, like for me, yeah. obviously Spider-Punk favorite. Um, the one I was looking forward to the most was Ben Riley because I really liked yeah, him course. growing <laughs> up as a kid. Um, as far as like one I was looking forward to, I wanted to see the black costume Spider-Man. I think that would have been cool. Um, I'm, I'm sure probably, yeah, but not not Venom, but when Spider-Man is right. wearing the black costume. Yeah, the symbiote costume. Yeah. Um, so Which that would be cool. I'd like to see, yeah, and and that's the thing is maybe you know he's right. in there, and I just you might have been because there's like 12,000 um, you know, people thrown in the background there. Um, but you know, again, my favorite obviously is Spider Punk. Um, but I knew that kind of coming in, I, I, I like the design of that character before we saw it. I was telling everybody to be ready. Um, and uh, yeah, the gunslinger <laughs> cowboy one was pretty funny too, but uh, yeah, so that's me. What about you guys? Why does your horse wear a mask? he died his identity um but yeah no i think like i said going into it i think 2099 was what i was most excited about um and i don't feel like i got enough of him in this movie like they they definitely played it up that he was going to be the big kind of big bad or or whoever like the big one especially coming off that post-credit scene in the first movie and i don't feel like there was enough of him in this one i bet you he'll have a lot more in the second one um the one i um was probably the most pleasantly surprised by was Spider-Punk. I think, you know, like, again, like how Peep said, like, you know, even playing in the video game, that's one of the skins you can do. And I'm like, this is so fucking stupid. Like, why do I want to put him in the skin and swing around the city with a mohawk and just fucking a guitar and shit? Like, it's just, it was dumb. But the way they played it up, dude, won me over. Like, you know, uh, shout out Daniel Kaluuya on this one, you know, voicing this one and uh, really killing it and just being super, super funny. Um, So, you know, that definitely he was the highlight for me. I mean, all his little one-liners and his quips and, you know, about the economy and about this and that and, the, you know, and just the the regime and just, you know, and him giving Miles the little thing off his wrist because he's like, I don't give a shit. Like, you know, like, like just yeah. fucking like, I'm going to fight the system, you know? Like, I, I like that he was just that style. It was cool as hell. Yeah, even that moment where he's stealing things and he's like essentially like making another little uh, multiversal, multiversal bracelet like you think he's just like oh he's just like a klepto but like that whole thing plays (laughs) into later on when he ends up giving that to gwen later on like ah and then when when she uses that multiverse thing it kind of has that same background that that of uh hobie's universe or or whatnot man i I will say though nitpick character i would have loved to see is a superior spider-man i would have oh yeah that would have been dope that's a good one apparently that's even that comic's even coming back so yes. yeah, that I mean, I feel like it would have been a, a good way to throw that in there. So I don't know. Cool. Um, but yeah, all right. No, let's uh, let's wrap around. this one up so we can move on to the next film. Let's go scores around the table here. So peeps, I know five <laughs> friggins five five. five. <laughs> so we're gonna go five 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 uh, spider webs across the spider verse. Right. So uh very for, great movie for, if you for, haven't for, seen for, it for. obviously check it or why you listen to a spoiler review if you haven't seen it uh, <laughs> but definitely check it out if you haven't and you were just wondering needed that little push uh to go see it definitely check it out and once again beyond the spider-verse the third movie comes out in march of 2024 mm-hmm. so make sure you check that out and they're saying at this point it's going to wrap up the miles trilogy and that'll kind of be the end of his arc so we'll see if that leads to anything else kind of mm-hmm. after the fact there are a lot of rumblings that they are looking to do the movie live action 
um, or they're looking to do a live action Miles. Um, that could be really interesting, especially if you know why not? Why can't he be the Spider Man of the Sony verse that they keep yeah. bringing all these villains into that have no Spider Man? It could be, be Miles, great. right? Leave Peter Parker over in the MCU and let's uh, let's do this over here, you know. And I know the guy that does Miles' voice. Um, he really wants to play him in live action as well, too. He's kind of yeah, like every review I watched with him, he was like, I will put my whole bean into this role. <laughs> like, give it to out. me. Yep. Yeah, dude. He's like, he's like, I'll work out. I'll put in the work. Like, I was born to do this. So I think it'd be really cool to give the guy a chance, especially with what he's yeah. brought to the animated version, to see him in live action. I yeah. think it'd be really, really cool. So yeah. uh, looking forward to that. So that, my friends, is the Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse for the review. We're going to now transform into the Transformers uh, Rise of the Beast, everybody. So this here is the seventh film in the Transformers universe. Of course, we had five movies that came from Michael Bay. And then we had the sixth movie that came out a couple years ago, which was Bumblebee, little Bumblebee spinoff kind of movie uh, with Haley Steinfeld took place in the 80s. And then now we fast forward to the 90s. We're in 1994 and we pick things back up as kind of a direct sequel to Bumblebee, but before all the Bay films. And now we have Rise of the Beast. We have basically uh, the introduction here to the uh what it was the primals uh the maximals, maximals. Uh, the terracons you know we got unicron we got all this stuff going on uh the maximals you know come into earth and then of course uh we meet our human character and he is awesome um anthony ramos that a lot of people know from hamilton and he did in the heights uh the guy's definitely blowing up he is the lead here he takes over the shia labeouf role and uh basically meets his Autobot friend, which is Mirage, voiced by Pete Davidson, who I thought stole the show. I loved Agreed. Mirage. He was so awesome. You know, definitely picking up that Bumblebee role uh, in this one here, right? We kind of transitioned from Bumblebee. the girl in her car yeah. to, the, to, to the boy in his car, um, you know, who's a Porsche this go around. And uh, of course, we get kind of the light story, which is, you know, Noah's brother uh, is, is got a disease. They, of course, can't afford to take him to the doctor. And he ends up having to try to heist vehicles to make some money and ends up one of the cars is the autobot mirage who so he gets sucked into this whole big thing we basically have the all spark kind of storyline all over again where there is this MacGuffin that has landed on earth and it signals unicron and the terracons to basically take over earth they're going to eat it galactus style and um that they need this device to to bring unicron in and of course the autobots have to stop it and then without the help there of the maximals so um, this one directed by Stephen Capel Jr., who had done Creed 2. Thought he did a really good job mm. with Creed 2, and he comes in to take over the reins here. Interesting story. They had asked him to make Bumblebee 2 a couple years ago, and he was like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to fucking make a sequel to Bumblebee. Like, that's not my jam, but I do love Transformers. Maybe we'll talk again down the road. Mm. And then finally the studio kind of came back to him and said, you know, would you still maybe not want to do it? What do you want to do? And he said, I'll do it if... We can do a full-on Transformers movie, and I do want to bring in the Maximals. Can we do Beast Wars, basically? And they were like, sure, go ahead, do what you want to do. So he came in, signed on, and made this movie here. So, um, so yeah, so let's go around here. I don't, again, kind of, let's spend a couple minutes to kind of go through 
just thoughts of the franchise, right? Like this has been a franchise been going since 2007, which was when the first Transformers hit with Michael Bay. Uh, like I said, he did, went on to do five movies. Um, you know, we had Revenge of the Fallen, we had Dark of the Moon, we had Age of Extinction, and we had The Last Night. And then Bumblebee came out, which was directed by Travis Knight. So we shifted directors for Bumblebee. Kind of, like I said, kind of took a step back with Bumblebee, kind of made more of a family-friendly old school kind of transformers movies in the 80s not as big as boombastic as the other michael bay films um and a lot of people love that right a lot of people the bubble b is the best one and and really kind of brought in a new kind of group of fans but then to move into this and kind of jump 10 years or so and kind of you know change up the cast again right no Haley steinfeld we're kind of going in a different direction but it's still a sequel uh and then kind of you know where we leave off at the end of this movie but What's your guys' journey through the Transformers films? You know, what's your your highs, your lows? Kind of like, have you ever truly cared? Were the ones that stood out, things that you hated? Just everything kind of to put it out where your expectation was going into Rise of the Beast. So, uh, Friggins, I'll start with you on this one. Sweet. Um, you know, I love Transformers as a kid. Had some of the toys. Um, you know, I was more of a G.I. Joe fan myself, but... I, oh, nice. Nice little optimist you got there. So, <laughs> uh, but big into the Transformers. Yes, for goodness. Um, I, I remember like just absolutely loving the Transformers movie, the animated one, the first one that came out. Um, and then when they finally came out with the live action Transformers, I thought it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It was like in my top favorite movies for a long time. Uh, absolutely loved Bumblebee fighting Barricade with Barricade being that cool Mustang that looked like a police officer car. Are you so, ladies man two six seven? <laughs> are you ladies man two six seven? Where and are the glasses? That was definitely the high point. Um, and then immediately being disappointed by the second one, um, I felt it was just kind of a, a shift in the wrong direction. Now, the third one is kind of where I was like a hit and miss, feeling like kind of halfway didn't like it, halfway really liked it. Um, you know, I'll say to this day, like I still think of like one of the best cinematic scenes I've ever seen is in that third movie when the, the soldiers are jumping out of the plane as you're seeing the tunnel and like the planes falling <laughs> down in front of it. I mean, that's just an amazing shot. Um, and uh, the whole and fight in Chicago is amazing. Yeah, yeah, that is a great fight. I love scene. it. And uh, Age of Extinction with with Mark Wahlberg, you know, I thought was like, okay, uh, you know, it's still kind of half and half, but, you know, I thought it was getting better. And then after that, I was out. Um, the night one, I've, I've seen it now, but I've never like sat down and watched it all the way through. I watched like chunks of it as like, here's the first 10 minutes and another day I was like, oh yeah, I remember this is where I had left off and watched the next 20 minutes. And then, you know, so I've seen it. I have seen the whole thing, but all in these random chunks because I did not like it at all. Um, and Bumblebee, I think I've watched like 15 minutes of it and just got distracted with something else. And it's like, yeah, I don't think this wow, is Wow, really? Yeah. So it was. Wow. Um, so you've never finished Bumblebee? Never finished Bumblebee. I wow. just couldn't get into it. I was. I feel like, like you would love Bumblebee. Interesting. I, I don't know. Maybe Especially it was... for you to say you gave up after 15 minutes because the first 15 minutes are the best part of the movie. Well, so that, like, that makes me even worse. 
Because I mean, so, you get the Cybertron fight. That shit straight out the cartoon in the beginning. That, of that, that movie. part it's I so liked, good. but then like I don't know. It's uh, That's yeah. Good. You gotta it, give it a chance, man. You gotta maybe I'll chance. I'll give it another good shot. Movie. But uh, I, yeah. So that was kind of like my journey with it, and I think for me, I've always been more disappointed than enjoyed um, after the first one. They've always. Like I, I, they never gave me the Transformers that I wanted, or if they did, they weren't exactly right, or they're barely in it. So I, I wasn't getting the characters I wanted to see. Yeah. And I struggle a lot with the overemphasis on the humans than the robots themselves. And obviously, I know they got to do that because of budgetary reasons or whatever. But um, I never thought that they really like nailed out like a good human cast. Always seems to be kind of I don't know, just a l- little extra. So. Um, I, I definitely have an up and down relationship with it. I think overall, though, I like it more than I dislike it. But it's never, you know, ever since that first movie experience, I've never been um, like, oh, my God, that was so awesome. Until now. <laughs> when time began. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, before I kind of dig into this one, I'll, I'll see where Peeps is at. Yes, with your the peeps. History. Take us through your journey of Cybertron. Well, it's funny. I, th- I think DX, you and I, man, I think we even had this conversation back man, several did. years ago when one of the Transformers movies came out and we <laughs> talked about them all. But um, I- I'm right there with Friggins. Um, I enjoyed Transformers a lot as a kid. Didn't really get toys. <laughs> they were a little expensive. I think I got some, but you know, not, not the ones I wanted. Um, and like I remember watching the teaser. I don't know if you guys remember the teaser to Transformers, but it was like this, like one of um, Mars, the Mars Land the Rover, Rover, and it's just yeah, looking. I'm like, yeah. oh, what's this? And then you see like a ro- like a <laughs> robot is like Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty. It was pretty exciting. Um, and then to watch the first movie, like when that movie starts and blackout, and then does that little EMP <laughs> and it blows up all the like. I got chills in that scene. And from then, man, that movie just, that movie, man, I loved, I liked it a lot. Let's just say that. Um, You know, as the movie's going on and everything, they were a little like, like jazz. I'm like, what a useless, pointless character. But um, the first. (laughs) You want a piece of me? (laughs) I'll take two. I'll take two. Uh, I remember watching it knowing yes. that it had its flaws, but like it was such a great movie. I had such a good time, still do to this day. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, like Friggins, then the second one came out. Um, I found myself being extremely excited about it, especially with Megatron coming back. Constructicons. Right. And then seeing all that and like, wow, all this cool stuff is going to happen, but Again, and I think there's even like a scene in that one that was like filmed in Tucson, Arizona. I'm like, oh yeah. wow, yeah. <laughs> and that move, that one, it's the museum in Washington D.C. with all those mountains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that movie, it, it just, it just, it went a little bit too far. Like they were like teleporting all over the place. I'm like, I guess yes. we're in a sci-fi world of robots, so it's fine. I just didn't know right. they could be like, hey, let's go here. Boop. <laughs> and they just <laughs> teleported. All right, it's fine. It some a lot of issues with that one. I, I could have fixed that movie. I could have fixed it very <laughs> well. But whatever. Third movie. Oh my gosh. That was the one with Leonard Nimoy, right? Yeah. That one started getting me very upset, especially with those two racially <laughs> yeah. inappropriate. Well, that was in two. 
Those no, guys that, were yeah, two. that's that's right. That's right. That, that was in two. two. Yeah, the two the two racist guys. Yeah. They oh my two. gosh. Yeah. Um. Well, <laughs> reason why I didn't like two, but yeah. Third one, I I'm, I I don't then I don't remember third one. I remember and the caterpillar that was going through the building. Yes, man. that was dope. I remember so the good. I remember the trailer for it's that. The Battle one. of Chicago, man, that shit yeah. was so badass. The trailer got me super excited for that one. And yes, and then uh, shock, uh, shockwave, shockwave. Yeah, I don't soundwave. know. Soundwave, soundwave. That's right. Soundwave. No, no, no. The main yeah, bad soundwave. guy. He had the he had the single eye. I think it was. Yeah, like that was shock soundwave. something. Yeah, I don't know. Soundwave. Um, the one that had the cassette tape. We popped nope, up. Nope, nope. <laughs> not him. No, no, the guy right in the, the the worm. Yeah, the one that wrote the word says I think it was shock something. Yeah. Anywho, he was dope. Um, and yeah, so I, I like that one. A lot of issues with it, like Starscream getting taken out by Sam. Like, shut up. It's stupid. <laughs> A lot of frustrating things about that one. And then yeah, then the Mark Wahlbergs. It, it just it just goes so far in a different direction like it's kind of a reboot but it's not a reboot but everything is still canonical and yeah like y- you could tear those movies apart i feel like you should because especially the last one where merlin and king Ugh. arthur and i don't know man like i think i checked out like i i, I i've seen seen the whole movie but i could not tell you what happens at the end um that was that was during the time where Good guys and bad guys are fighting each other. Kong versus Godzilla, Dom versus The Rock, Bumblebee <laughs> versus um, yeah, Optimus, and yeah, whatever. Anyways, Evil that, Optimus. And then this movie, and then and then this movie happened. Bumblebee was dope. Bumblebee. Bumblebee's disappointing because I wanted John Cena to act to not be that stereotype, but whatever. I think John, if John Cena would just been a good guy, I would have loved that movie. But whatever. He's good by the end. Yeah, yeah, but he was like Captain Ahab <laughs> up until that point. Let's get that robot. <laughs> well, you know, he's a military man. That's the thing about Bumblebee. I think you mentioned earlier, Don, with the introduction of Mirage. He he takes he takes it over because the downfall of Bumblebee is the fact that he can't talk, and they stick to that uh, radio voice changing to different things. And he I, becomes I, I like a like... cute giant gizmo, I think. Yeah, yeah. but it's cute. Yeah, And that works in the first the movie, but he literally got his voice fixed by the end. Like, let him mm, just have a voice. No, the story said it didn't work after that. Oh, God. He never had the voice working. He got it yeah. fixed in one of them, yeah. I remember. Yeah, he no, they always tried. Uh, they were like, we can't figure it out. Permission to stay with the boy. That's one of those things where it's like the long joke that went too far. Like, but at the same time, voice though at the beginning of Bumblebee (laughs) before it got fucked up. (laughs) uh, Well, see, they should just let it be fixed. But like the cool thing though is I didn't realize like how much he really like kind of meant to me until this one. Like when he he gets stabbed and I'm just like, oh shit! I I saw that in the trailer and I'm like, they're not even going to do that. That's a fake thing. And but then his his comeback, like when he's in the plane and does the Captain America. Don't call it a comeback. Uh, (laughs) Don't call it a comeback. (laughs) Uh, Man, it was dope. I got so excited. (laughs) So like, even though I I I was really liking Mirage more, it reminded me of like how much I like Bumblebee too, and it like got me all like Bumblebee is awesome. He really is. It was funny when I was showing my daughter Bumblebee, and he when he does have his voice in the beginning, my daughter's like, "He's a boy." I thought Bumblebee was a girl this whole time. She was so mad that he was a dude. She was like, "Oh man!" (laughs) I'm like, "That's his real voice." She's like, "Oh, I thought it was a girl." 
<laughs> Dang. Oh, that's sad. RC was cool. I loved RC's yeah, design. She looked like, they nailed her. She's really cool. Yeah, they nailed the designs in this new one, man. They were very like right out the cartoon. So I, I thought it was great. Um and that's the thing. I want those designs if they go into the future, like the 90s, like they used the best looking Porsche. They had the truck that looked just like the Optimus original truck, way cooler than the like new modernized, you know, bigger trucks that they had with the stupid fucking flamethrowers on them or, or flames on them or whatever. Like, I really appreciated the like classic Optimus look in this movie. And that's really what made it sing for me. If they didn't get all those deals yes. with those big uh, um, auto companies, though, you know, so I mean, they did with Porsche because <laughs> Mirage was <laughs> kicking ass. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so yeah, so for me, um, kind of through the journey, like I love this franchise. Like I'm the biggest Transformers fan. Uh, obviously, grew up on it. Loved the cartoon movie, um, and then the 2007 original Michael Bay is one of my all-time favorite films. When people are like, "What's your top ten? Top five? That movie's up there. It's in that category. Uh, love, love, love that first movie. Um, Revenge of the Fallen obviously did take a step down from that first one. Um, I still like the movie, but it definitely has its issues. There's a lot of good fight scenes in that movie to kind of keep it afloat. Um, that movie also came out during a writer's strike, so you could tell like they kind of fell apart. Like They filmed it, and the script wasn't all the way there, so they just kind of tried to do what they could because it was during that strike. Um, mm. and then three came out, right? Dark of the Moon, and they super won me back on Dark of the Moon. I think that movie is incredible. Like, like I said, that that end sequence, the Battle of Chicago, is like over an hour long, and that's just like the whole like culmination of that movie is just bombastic action, things going through buildings. It's like the Avengers, just everything's happening, the military, the transformers, like shit is going down, and that movie is just so so awesome. Uh, I agree with you, peeps. Like that, when that trailer came out, we were just like, oh my God. Like, yeah. you know, it starts off with the moon, and then you see there's been the machines in the moon and they're mm -hmm. waking up, and it's just like, oh, dude, here we go. Um, and then, you know, obviously things kind of shifted with Age of Extinction. I'm going to go out. I love Age of Extinction. Like, that movie is my jam. Um, I liked Mark Wahlberg stepping into that one. I like that we kind of went more action, right? We got the dino bots coming in at the end. There was, There's a lot to love in the that movie. I think that movie probably has the, the, they probably have the best, like, overall, like, action sequences in that movie. Um, I saw that, that one, one I think, fun. four or five times in the theater. Like, I, I oh, wow. love Age of Extinction. And it's long, too. I think that one's, yeah. like, two hours and, like, 45 minutes or some shit. Yeah. Like, that movie's long, but I love Age of Extinction. And then Last Night came out, and, yeah, I, even as a fan of the series, I was like, <laughs> eh. Last Night's <laughs> just kind of, eh. So rough. Like, they definitely, it, it let me down, man. Yeah, I don't know where they were going with it. I don't even think out of all the movies, I don't think I ever revisited that one. Like I've, I've rewatched all of them a dozen times. I've only seen <laughs> last night one time. So I'm actually kind of curious to go back and watch it again, just because I'm so like, I don't even remember what the fuck happened. I remember, you know, Optimus went to space at the end of age of extinction. Then he meets his maker and she makes him bad. And then he fights Bumblebee and it's just all over the place. And then Unicron's there and he's trying to come in at the end and, yeah, it's just, but yeah, Merlin, and and then they've been there forever, and they were fought, they fought the Nazis, and like, it was just, it was so much going on in the last night, dude. Um, drag, so then, yeah. yeah, so then we kind of we we take that Bay break, right, and then we get Bumblebee, and I really like Bumblebee, but for me, 
Bumblebee feels so different than those first five mm-hmm. movies, right? Like it, it's it's brought down several notches to Huge. be more kid friendly. Yeah. It is a more of a family film, you know. It's a girl in her car, and it's it's very just kind of basic. Um, it works on a lot of levels because Haley Steinfeld's great in it, and Bumblebee's awesome, you know, That's John quick. Cena, and you get some other, you know, there's some stuff there that that really works, and it does have good heart, and it's a good family film. Like it hits all the notes, but at the end of the day, I was like missing the big action of the Bay films, and I kind of wanted more, right? Like. And that's why I like this movie a lot because I feel like this movie is the perfect kind of blend of giving me more of that Bumblebee stuff, but then turning it up a couple notches to not quite go so baytastic, but <laughs> get kind of there. Like he lands kind of in a sweet spot where you get like the best of both worlds with this film, right? You get yeah. better humans. Um, they don't overdo it. You do get a lot of Autobots. The action sequences are great. Um, you can really follow the designs of them. You know, whereas like in the Bay films, that was always a critique was that they were all kind of so mechanical and kind of bland, especially the Decepticons. You didn't know who the fuck was who, right? Like right. it was just kind of a lot of metal, metal clashing and fighting in the sky. And you're like, who is that? And you don't really get a grasp of who the characters are. Whereas in this one, you're like, that's Optimus, that's Bumblebee, that's Mirage, that's RC, that's Wheeljack. You know, you can see them all. You know, that's Optimus Primal. That's, you know, (laughs) like everybody kind of fits a good role there. And even even the three Terracons, they reminded me a lot of like Superman 2. That was like Zod and his like big dude and his girl, right? Like from like that was the three Kryptonians Mm. coming to Earth and wrecking shop. And and I like you you could tell that had to have been the inspiration because it's so played in. The girl was super badass. She was like, I'm coming. Like and and just uh this movie, like I thought they killed it in this film, man. I had such a blast with this movie. Um like I said, again, you had the heart, you had the family stuff, you had the, and then, but it was super funny. Uh, you know, I didn't know how I'd feel about Pete Davidson being a voice. I'm like, is he going to take away from it too much? You know, I like Pete, but sometimes it could be too much and, and it, and it could be distracting. And he was the perfect voice for this, man. I, I was laughing my ass off at this film, you know, and my daughter was laughing. She was like, this movie's so funny. And like, it just made it so enjoyable um and just the the battle scene at the end's incredible even though it is kind of that beam from the sky and generic kind of big landscape battle that it's like whoa we just got a big empty field and everybody's fighting on it (laughs) yeah like very end game style but it works right like it's badass they're all doing their shit and you know i don't know how i felt about the iron man suit like at the end like like i was did you see i was uh, like that was great that's straight out I the cartoons though exactly so. that's what I true like so true like i i forgot about that and then somebody had tweeted that and i was like oh yeah the suit like um but mm. at the time i was just kind of like okay like mirage is dead and then somehow he's like i'm not quite dead yet here's my body like and then <laughs> like, it just cute. goes yeah. on him um so but yeah the way it plays out and then obviously you know i want to talk more about the kind of surprise at the end um separately but yeah man i i came out of this thing with a massive smile on my face super super happy glad to hear that they want to make a sequel they want to bring stephen capel jr back obviously the direction this thing could go um is exciting man like especially with the idea of maybe they could bring Haley Steinfeld back and you could really loop this thing all together right like reunite her with Bumblebee and uh, I think that there's so much potential where they could go from here 
um, especially bringing in a new, like, and a more old school version of Megatron and Starscream, and I think that'd be really tight to see, right? So sweet. let's do it, man. So yeah, this this movie, man, just super super happy. Like as a Transformers fan, uh, coming out of this one. So back to you, friggins, kind of like going into this one, man. Like what what do you think? Highlights and and feelings and vibes and all the in between. I didn't really see too many trailers of it. I saw pieces of trailers, so I kind of was avoiding most of it. And honestly, wasn't on my radar at all, uh, at all because I've dropped so down on the Transformers films. And I couldn't have been more happy, more surprised, more pleased with what we got. Um, I love Anthony Ramos. He's one of my favorite. I'll call him a new actor, although he's been around for a little bit, but kind of new, I think, to the general public. Um, I thought he was fantastic. I love the 90s setting. Um, I think it, it just adds so much, not only for the looks of the cars, but like there's extra turmoil where you can't just grab on your phone and Google stuff and things like that. Like, so it, there, there needs to be those additional steps. Robots attacking. How do I yeah. handle it? <laughs> um, I, I think it just makes this, the setting was just perfect. Makes things a little bit more interesting. Um, the voice cast blew me away. Like when Optimus Primal comes up, I was like, is that Ron Perlman? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, what I mentioned earlier about some of my, dislikes for the earlier ones was i wasn't getting characters that i really really liked like i was dying to see cup i wanted to see hot rod when they did bring hot rod it's like barely anything to at all um and so to see uh, like someone cool like mirage to see optimus primal air razor cheetor rhinox even though those ones weren't in it that much it was still awesome to finally get to see some of those characters and i'm a huge massive fan of beast wars i think Beast Wars had a bigger hit for me on my like uh, development nerd development than than original Transformers did even um, like I had all the Beast Wars toys I, I didn't have the the old school Transformers and like Pete said it was a little too much for us back then um, I but when it came to the Beast Wars I had a ton of those so uh, my only disappointment there was no Rat Trap Rat Trap is super awesome it would have been great uh, but hopefully maybe for a sequel it's like the Bumblebee uh, of that show of that show yeah uh, he is the best man he, uh, but anyway he turns into a rat that's yeah, cool he's super cool he's, got the big, he's like Rocket with the big <laughs> old guns great oh man so um, but you know I, when I walked out of here I walked out thinking. Well, first off, like this was some amazing action scenes. Every time the action kicked in, I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And <laughs> I hadn't had that experience in Transformers in so long. So it really stood out. And even the human scenes were really, really great, in particular with Anthony Ramos. Although I could prop, you know, guys, I know me, but <laughs> they could have cut out yeah. the kid stuff entirely. Um, oh, dude. <laughs> heart of the movie. The yes. heart of the movie. Yeah, oh, it. Uh, uh, and. You know, and here's the thing. I talked to a few other people that like have seen it, and they mentioned like that they really enjoyed seeing Dominique um, as Elena. Um, and I feel like you know she did a good job. She was great in her role. Again, though, I feel like her character probably could have been cut out entirely from the movie, and they could have still accomplished the same thing. And I say that because I feel like the only kind of negative I had was that at times with the human stuff, I felt like maybe those aspects took a little long where it benefit this movie did a good job was 
is giving us more of the robots. That's what I'm really watching a Transformers uh, film for. So I think if we were only following Anthony Ramos and we didn't have another character to follow, like I think that would have felt even more um, like that whole like focus on the robots and not so much the people. Uh, although with her inclusion, she brought you know some interesting stuff to the table. She was a cool character. She did a great job in her role. I just feel like if we take that out, it trims it down a little bit and you get to still maintain that focus. So when I left, though, I was like, this is a five-star movie. This might be my favorite movie of the year apart from Spider-Man. Like, I, I don't know. This is really, really good. And the more I thought about it, I did have to bring it down a little bit for for some of those uh, those things that after I thought about it. The more but, I overthought it. For <laughs> but it doesn't games. take don't away from the it. fact that I had a blast. I absolutely loved it. I thought all the characters were cool. The Beast Wars designs were amazing. Um, and the voice yeah, acting for everyone was was great. Um, so let's uh, let's get more of this. I mean, I want a full on Beast Wars. Give me some more uh, Maximals and and Anthony Ramos, man. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. The the Terracons I thought were super cool. You know, Scourge uh, I thought was a good villain, uh, voiced good by villain. Peter Dinklage of all people. Um, Sounds who, who so I thought cool. did an Amazing job. Yeah, wow. so he he was really strong. I like that when he killed people, he took their you know symbol oh, and like put it on as like a badge and so it was tight, dude. He ripped yeah. off Bumblebee's little Autobot, you know, and stuck it on there. Um, yeah, the the designs, everything was just so cool there, man. Uh, Peeps, what about you? Um, yeah, man, I saw this movie twice one day right after the other um i went on a thursday and went back on a friday um specifically because i just knew my kids were going to enjoy this movie and i was just like hey y'all i want to take y'all to a movie like what transformers well i don't really want to watch that trust trust me y'all gonna y'all gonna dig it and like they it didn't disappoint like they loved this movie um and my daughter was saying like like um, you know like oh I love Bumblebee and she was saying it like 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 shortly after the movie started and she's like is Bumblebee in it and she I was like I thought he was on the the picture I'm like oh he's in it just wait <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then that moment happened and they're like no you know like yeah they're super dramatic but like all the moments that you know we saw coming right like like we knew he was coming back we knew it was gonna be like you know right. that 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 the eagles at the end of the movie but like just i know they kind of saw it coming too but they were just so excited to see all that and that's yeah, I, that's happens. what i man i love that i love that stuff and i love those moments now you know movie yeah. itself like yeah like exactly what you guys are saying like it was funny um i thought you know pete davidson's mirage was great i didn't know anybody who who was uh voicing in this movie was that michelle you that was the yes yeah like, who's air razor air razor yeah yeah, yeah man and yeah. Can't mistake that voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Optimus. <laughs> it was man. It, it was a lot of fun. Um, like the um, Fred was saying, I love the '90s element. I love the music, man. I was just jamming that whole time. Um, yeah. and I don't know. Like I, I disagree, Fred. Like I, I understand what you're saying. I a hundred percent do because. <laughs> we didn't really get back into like, we didn't see Optimus primal until like what, like most of the movie has already happened and then we get the rest of them. So, you know, you take some of that time with the humans and spend it, but like, that's like also part of transformers. Like transformers isn't just them. Like there are like a bunch of like 
I think they were sure. like kids, really, or humans that that are there with them. And I know the story is mainly about the the, the Transformers, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it was fine, um, yeah. but I agree. I definitely wanted more of the uh, Maximals, and I, I was kind of surprised that. And you know, I don't know. We're gonna. I'm gonna talk about it all in one. We're not doing nitpicks later. So I was surprised yeah. that we didn't get any Decepticons or Predacons. Um, I thought we would have gotten something or some kind of like, um, you know, the the villain, the, the good guys are winning too much. It's like bringing the, you know, the reinforcements. Mm-hmm. And you see that um, at one point, maybe he had taken over. Uh, what, what was the, what was the big planet thing's name? Unicron. 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 Maybe Unicron had taken over some of the Predacons and, and he's just kind of enslaved because I think he said like their souls belong to him. So. Right. He enslaved them, and then once they defeat him at the end, you know, oh, they, their eyes will change colors, and then they're they're no longer a part of it. So I, I don't know. I just thought we would have seen some more villains. Um, another nitpick is at the end when you think everyone's going to lose. Yes, when BB shows up, great moment. But I thought it would have been even greater. And this is why it messes the movie up for me because I'm like, if they would did this, it would have been great. Yeah. Um, if that would have been the Decepticons that show up. And start because and and their thing is like we want the key for ourselves. We want to get to, um, <clears throat> uh, we want to get back Cybertron. to Cybertron. Cybertron. So we're going to get the key, Cybertron. not you, Autom- Optimus. And and then it just becomes like the enemy of my enemy kind of thing. And they're like unintentionally fighting together because they're both fighting towards the same thing. And then at the end of the movie, when it gets destroyed, they're like, oh crap. Man. We lost out. All right. Let's... Until next time. Exactly. Yeah. Super 80s, like, we'll get you. <laughs> or, or maybe even, like, Scourge is about to kill Optimus, and then Megatron would be, like, shoots him in the face, like, I'm Ooh, the only one that can kill Optimus. He turns into the gun, and then Optimus uses him. To... <laughs> <laughs> yes, folks. Save it for the sequel. Save yeah. it for the sequel. So, too much. Yeah, too much for this yeah. one. That ah man, that would have been great. Um, but yeah, I thought Robo Robo Mexu was great. It, it was honestly, I enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought I would. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about rankings all or ratings all that later. But like, definitely my second favorite um, uh, Transformers movie. Same. Um, Same. And it, it unfortunately that that first one, it's hard to beat those feels. But like, it was this movie was just really dope, and it was really surprising. Um, that man, them just tumbling and fighting down a hill <laughs> as the other cars is just like driving around. It's like this, this is so cool. It wasn't as big as a Michael Bay movie, but it's still like that's why I think it was better. That's why I oh, think it was better. Then I just I completely forgot about that after credits scene. Friggins is like, you know, he does that thing. He's all he's super cocky nowadays. He's like, eh, I know what's gonna happen in this movie. This is gonna be a thing. That's Sector Seven right there. You know, that him, that's Sector Seven. Watch, he's gonna flip the card. It's gonna say Sector Seven. Look, watch this. And he was wrong. I was so wrong. Wrong. I was so wrong. I will say, time. I thought the same. I I thought the same thing, Friggins. I thought the same thing. I was like, this is the beginning of Sector Seven. We're just yep. tying it all together. Yep. Pleasantly surprised. We'll talk. About about that in a second yeah um 
what I loved about this one was the evolution of Optimus, right? Like Optimus yeah. was a fucking dick. He was a dick in this movie. He was like, fuck <laughs> the was. humans. I don't I give like a shit. That. I want to get back to my planet. Fuck Completely them all. Completely different. Than and I was other. like, damn, dude. Yeah. But what I liked about it was by the end of the movie, he's earned their respect, right? Like, like uh, he, and but he learned from respect. Optimus Primal. Right. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. And then, and Optimus Primal really kind of, laying the groundwork right there more than meets the eye these humans you know and yeah. kind of gave him the speech and which was funny because optimus prime was supposed to be his idol right he's like i got my name from this guy and look at this guy being a jackass like yeah. just he's all rude and like we've lived around the humans my whole life and they've been great you know so Don't i thought that heroes. was awesome yeah i thought that was just <laughs> so cool and i liked that slowly throughout the movie he opens up a little bit more and more and then by the end of the movie he's the optimist we know and love right so i thought that was a cool transition because we've never seen this version of optimist before he's jaded right you know and and uh, th that was really really cool to see and then just going back to the humor man i just love the humor in this movie man i just like like i it killed me so much when he meets the brother and the brother's like this, this is your robot and he's like no nah, he's just a friend from work and he was like a friend from work you've been inside, inside me, me. Yes. Like, oh inside my me. god i laughed so loud and hard at that line it was so funny dude um and just just all the little jabs dude that he just don't does, ask you know? don't ask what part of my body that came from yeah yeah don't ask what part of my body that came from like it just is so good um peeps like you said like taking my daughter to see this one because i took my daughter to see bumblebee when it came out but she yeah. was so little like she she didn't even remember much of bumblebee so this is the first kind of you're gonna remember this one we're gonna go see this yeah. and she loved it and and i asked her the other night like out of all the movies we've seen this year like what's your favorite movie and she said this one she was like Got transformers it. is my favorite movie of the year she asked me that. last night can we go see it again she wants that's to go awesome. back to the theater see it again and i'm just like oh my heart like you know like i'm just like that's so cool like my daughter like loves this transformers right yeah. um and then so we watched the uh 2007 bay one the other night because i was like now nah, you gotta see the rest of the story so we started going through and kind of you know checking that out so she's seeing the story and kind of like oh you know so this one takes place after and she's kind of putting it all together you know with the bumblebee and kind of the time frames and stuff but yeah just seeing her love this one and and really just you know because she loved spider-verse i mean when we left that theater she was like that's my favorite movie of the year i love that movie and then when we saw transformers even above you know this i asked her that after we saw flash you know we had seen guardians like she's seen a lot of movies this year and she went right to transformers so yeah. uh really this really cool year see, man you know? this year is an incredible like we were only halfway year. through this year so you know knows. Oh man, I'm excited. First quarter was rough, but this second quarter has been just like blam, 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 blam. Megan was a great start. Oh my god, cocaine barrel, <laughs> cocaine barrel for sure. <laughs> All right, so we got to move on to Flash, but let's go around here. Oh, before we do that, let's uh, let's we set set it up. We were going to talk about this post credits or before the post credits because it's actually at the end of the movie. Um, you see he goes for his job interview. He's getting back to basics. The guy's asking him questions about the job. And he's like, you know, what about Peru? And he's like, what? I don't know about Peru. I've never been there before. And he's like, oh, you know, you're big friends, you know? And he's like, no, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, oh, good answer. 
you know, like we want you to come work for us. And kind of long story short, he goes into, you know, we're going to take care of your brother. We're going to pay all his medical bills. You know, you save the world. We're going to help you out. And if you change your mind, here's my card. Let me know. And the door opens up and you see all this stuff in the back. There were all this futuristic kind of tech. And same thing, like friggin' said, I was like, dude, Sector 7, we're setting it up. Here we go. And he flips the card over and it says G.I. Joe. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, there's not many things that surprise me anymore in movies that haven't been spoiled for me at some point. Um, and this was not. Like, I yeah. that was a pleasant surprise. My whole theater went, Whoa when he flipped that card over like it was got a big pop everybody was excited and yeah. what a cool setup man you know and that's something that the director stephen cable jr said he brought to um paramount he said he brought the comic book when they crossed over and he said i want to work towards this like what do you guys think and finally got them to approve it and was like yo let's do it so the hasbro what a cinematic cool way to universe. transition right I mean, dude, like it makes sense, right? Like you could go back to the Bay movies and be like, that's G.I. Joe with Josh Dumal and all those guys, right? Like, yeah, like that's yeah. the G.I. Joe's like, like everything we talked about skydiving out in the third movie and everything mm -hmm. that's happened, right? Like this is the perfect franchise to have a military group work with the Autobots against the Decepticons and everybody else they got going on perfect perfect setup and uh exciting because gi joe on its own doesn't seem to move the needle too much but you think we're gonna merge this with transformers yeah let's let's see what we got here so all we need to do what would you think of that reveal <laughs> i mean you think it. of that cops yeah uh yo joe i'm all about this i'm a huge gi joe fan growing up that was like my main jam as a kid i had a billion gi joe toys um i i, I love it and it fits in with the comic world. They already have had comics where G.I. Joe and Transformers mix together. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, this yeah. this idea of can you imagine seeing like a cool badass military team like interacting with these vehicles and like I could yeah. see them like launching a dude out. Like, can you imagine like Snake Eyes riding Snake a guys mirage and like launching him out? He flips out with swords. I mean, just it's gonna be uh, <laughs> absolutely cool. I don't know if it'll be good, hopefully, but uh, <laughs> but it will be cool nonetheless. Um, I'm really looking forward to this combination. It's something that I've seen them talk about. I've seen you report about people saying that they've wanted to do this in the past, but never thought it was something that would actually come mm -hmm. out. Um, so, um, you know, again, it's just it's straight from the comics. It's gonna it's gonna be you know something, <laughs> but I'm yeah, looking forward to right. it. It hits all the nostalgia for me, so I'm in. Fast yeah, forward in three years, we're gonna be reviewing it, and yeah. friggin's gonna be like, you know, There's... when Snake Eyes popped out of Optimus, it was just, it was just so unbelievable. Yeah, and I just, <laughs> it, it, I could not, but it was just wouldn't have happened that way. So, and it had too many. It was, stars it was too much five. people. <laughs> it focused too much on people. Yeah, <laughs> Snake Eyes had three swords, and in the comic book, he only had two. So, upon yeah. further reflection, yeah, four yeah, and a half yeah. stars out of four and a half. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Peeps, what'd you yeah. think about the G.I. Joe? Um, man, I thought it was incredible. Um, I, I it really got my brain cooking on wow, like they're they're doing a you know connected universe with uh, yeah. 80s cartoons. What else could they connect? Mm -hmm. And I I literally started looking like all like all Hasbro, <laughs> um, like you know uh, uh, the umbrella. And I'm like, yeah, they can't really really do anything else. Like maybe mask. <laughs> mask. I think it's probably yeah. the only mask. 
I want yeah. a mass solo film. Give me uh, don't, don't merge that yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need yeah. mass by itself. And I guess Love that's mass. my only concern really is like like GI Joe is more than just a group of like military guys, right? Like they they're all they all have personalities and them with the 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 transformers and then you want I'm assuming we would want to see Anthony Ramos and even um Haley Steinberg Steinberg like come back. Like that would be great to see all these but like it's a lot like it's a lot of characters, and that's always my worries when it comes to these movies. Is them being able to to evenly um, proportion the the characters' moments? So, or does this mean that we're going to get other GI Joe movies and other Transformers movies to build up to a team up event? Maybe, probably not, but maybe I don't know. But <laughs> all in all, amazing, amazing end credits I didn't see coming, and. <laughs> I swear, like if they throw like He Man into this, I'm gonna lose yeah. it. I'm gonna lose it. That's <laughs> no, not Hasbro, but yeah. I'm gonna lose it. And then the one actual post credit scene, Mirage comes back, he rebuilds him. So Mirage is, is back in action. So that was good to, to see that he's back. So yeah. all right, yeah. let's go around scores before we jump to our next film here. So I know Friggins, uh, you had to adjust upon further reflection. Just and, uh, a little bit lower. I went four and a half out of five, giving it just a notch for some of the lengthy human pieces. But um, other than that, absolute blast, still highly recommended. But four and a half. Yeah. I'm also sticking with that four and a half. Um, like, yeah, like I said, had a blast. Love the movie. I can see myself watching it again. Um, I don't, just something. Yeah. Something just didn't quite give it that perfect score for me. But um, yeah, four and a half show all right well i'll go the five man uh, you know coming out the theater there it's all about that feeling you know did you have a good time did you have a blast and that's what i had especially like you know having my daughter with me and having her love it and just kind of just i think it hyped me up even more so just you know really had a really good time like i said got the laughs got the family got the heart got the action it gave me everything that it needed to do like mm -hmm. i said i Love the Bay films. I thought Bumblebee needed to go a little bit more towards that direction. And this one fit that void and kind of gave me the best of both worlds, which really pushed it there for me. So nice five out of five for me. And then now we're going to speed on over to our third movie. And we're going to talk The Flash, baby. <laughs> we all got the whack <laughs> running. <laughs> So, yeah, so finally um, we go into The Flash, um, which is kind of crazy, man. This has been the never-ending journey to get to this film. Um, they announced this movie when season one of The Flash TV show was coming out in the CW. Yep. That show ran nine seasons <laughs> for nine years, and we just now got this fucking movie <laughs> after the flash just had its series or show uh, finale. Right. So yeah. um, insane, insane to think how long that took. Right. He was obviously cast by Zack Snyder. He was introduced in Batman V Superman. We got him in the justice league and then boom, he was supposed to get this solo movie and it went through director after director and script after script. And it just kind of lingered. And then finally they hired Andy Muschietti director of the it films and uh he came in and got everybody together started to put in this movie together got delayed got delayed again covid this movie should have came out like two years ago just kept getting pushed kept getting pushed finally it is here um you know this has been an interesting one because this is kind of as we're wrapping up 
the DCEU that started with Man of Steel and that whole journey of all these characters. How is this movie going to go? How is it going to take us to take us down this multiverse again of, well, how are we going into this James Gunn universe if this is still going on? And how is this going to fix things or change things, right? We got Flashpoint story. We've seen this done before. Um, Barry going back in time, trying to save his mom. But of course, the butterfly effect, shifting things, changing things. How is that going to affect everything? DC been on kind of a rocky road lately, um, to say the least, right? Like Black Adam comes out, underperforms according to what they wanted. Shazam! Fury of the Gods came out a couple months ago. Super low performed. Um, one of the lowest box offices ever for a DC film. Um, and then Flash, man. We go into Flash with a lot of hype. Um, a lot of early reviews coming out saying, you know, this movie's incredible. It's one of the best action movies ever. It's one of the best comic book movies ever. Um, you know, like James Gunn coming out saying, I think it's one of the best comic book movies I've ever seen. Like all these people hyping, hyping, hyping. They played it early at CinemaCon back in April. And everybody at CinemaCon said, one of the best movies ever. Like just super, super hype. And then the movie finally hits. And most are favorable, but as the days have gone on, I'm starting to see this piggyback of uh, some some hate, and I'm seeing some people talk shit, and I'm seeing a lot of different views and opinions, and so you're starting to see it drop, right? It, it, when it first came out, it was like a 95%, then it was an 85%, then it was a 75%. I think it's at 67% as Ooh. of right now, critics, but 95% on the audience rating again, so super high on the audience scale. Um, but a lot of critics being very, very uh, judgmental on this one, which is kind of crazy based on the early buzz and everything we've heard, right? Uh, obviously, this movie's had its own controversies, too, because of Ezra Miller. And Ezra Miller's gone through a lot of stuff over the last couple of years. He's been arrested a couple of times. He's got restraining orders. He's got all kinds of stuff going on to where, you know, it was like, well, what are they going to do with this movie? Are they going to scrap it? Are they going to put it straight to streaming? What are they going to do, right? But it was a $200 million movie. And, you know, it'd be hard to scrap something like this, especially when you have a very well-directed film and you have high-profile other people in the film. You know, you got Michael yeah. Keaton coming back as Batman and Ben Affleck's last turn as his Batman and different things and surprises going on. Like, is it fair to everybody else in this film to scrap it just because of right. one person's mistakes? Um, you know, Ezra Miller, they they put out a press release, you know, maybe five, six months ago saying you know, mental health and, and getting help and trying to get better. And um, I did see him on the red carpet and he seemed very much, you know, apologetic and very down to earth. It seemed like I uh, was really trying to get his head on straight. Who knows how much of that was a PR thing, but it seemed like he was in a good place and that's good. You know, we definitely want to, this guy had a ton of potential before this movie. A lot of indie films, a lot of people thinking, you know, like sky, you know, um, sky's the limit, you know, for acting ability, everything, you know, and I really liked his portrayal of Barry Allen and justice league. I liked his quirkiness. I liked what he brought to the role. It was a lot different than what we had with Grant Gustin on the CW show and everything that had kind of come. We, we had nine years of a different person's portrayal. And I thought he played Barry very differently. And I liked his kind of, uh, ADD style to it that he kind of brought with it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was just super excited about this movie just in general, because, I love Ben Affleck as Batman. I really wanted to see what he brought to this. I really loved the 1989 Batman, so I was super stoked to see Keaton come back um, and just really see where they take the story 
especially as we're kind of resetting the DC timeline right now. And, um, you know, before we get into more details, you know, kind of those overall thoughts again, like I was super, super hyped. One of my most anticipated films of the year, if not the most anticipated film of the year, I don't remember where I placed this one, but I think it was number one or number two. It was definitely up there. Um, so uh went into this one like very very excited it was number two mm -hmm. all right so let's see uh what was my number one guardians oh okay so um so yeah so very very excited on this one so i went in with super hype and then we'll talk about where it went from there friggins <laughs> or no i'll go to peeps on this one so you know where'd you where'd you go into this one hype wise and kind of your thoughts you know i know dc is kind of a mixed bag for you so kind yeah. of uh you know before we get into details just where was your head going into that night yeah i mean um it, it this movie did not make my top 10 um anticipated um you know it, like exactly what you were saying like issues with ezra miller um you know that for that on its own at one moment i was like i'm not watching this movie and then, yes, like so many other people like are a part of this project. It is not just like, you know, it feels like written, directed, starring him kind of thing. It's like, yeah, no, I'm out. But like, no, like there's so many other humans that are involved in making this uh, this art that like, yeah, I, I, I definitely want to you know check it out. Um, the Flash as a character is not that intriguing to me. He's very interesting. He's an interesting character because I've seen so many different portrayals of the Flash. It's funny, like Marvel, most Marvel characters, like animated movie and, you know, TV show, like they're always the same generally, but the Flash is generally different. And um, I, I didn't have a lot of, like, excitement going into this. He, his Flash has never been, like like, a favorite character of mine either. But like you were saying, I definitely liked his portrayal, the portrayal of this character in the Justice of Movies. The effects of the lightning and like, you know, the way that they go about like the, the little slow motion scenes on Superman is like, you know, it's it's, it's a great <laughs> effect. It's a great character. Yeah, they they did the slow motion a lot in the original. And they did in this one, too, where like he's moving super fast, but they slow it down. Like kind of like when he touched the the box, like as it hit the water and all that, that neat stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah, man, like, pretty excited for this movie. But at the same time, I, I was very, mm, I was like, let me let me see. Let, let me see what's going to happen to on this. Is it going to be great? Is it going to be horrible? Or is it going to be somewhere in the middle? We'll talk about that in a bit. But I was very uh, nervous, I guess, kind of getting coming into this. All right, friggins. I uh, had a little bit of an up and down as far as, like, my preparation. I think... You know, in 2021, I want to say Flash was like my number three most anticipated. It was very high on my list. But then last year when we did um, the 20 uh, or, and then maybe even 2022 was on there. I know for this year when we were doing our most anticipated list for this year, I didn't even put it on there. And much like Peeps, I was <laughs> there he goes with his bops again. Um, and yeah, Flash is a cool character that I've liked as a kid. I had, he's not ever been one of my, I'll say like favorites, um, but, you know, I really dug the 90s Flash uh, TV show when I was a kid. I dressed up as Flash for Halloween one year. Um, and, you know, he's always kind of been there in in my nerd lexicon, you know, of, of, of characters that I liked from the Justice League. Um, I remember being disappointed about the casting for Ezra Miller. 
originally when they told us that they were being cast for um, the Justice League stuff and then being relatively surprised and thought that they did a pretty good job in their role. But then when all the news hit about all this legal stuff that Ezra Miller was supposedly going through and there's some stuff that I don't know that even can be disputed per se, I was really, really surprised that they weren't in jail, let alone, you know, being able to still go on a red carpet or something to that nature. So, um, you know, with that in mind, it really kind of impacted my excitement for the movie. So my excitement went down like right, you know, as we're kind of approaching release. But after seeing all the Batman stuff, I mean, I'm like wearing my Batman shirt right now because that Batman 89 really just brought the hype back in the Batfleck, you know, and Ben Affleck saying that this was the funnest he's ever had playing Batman, maybe because it was only five minutes, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, it made me, I I had to go watch Batman V Superman again. And just like, uh, it was, it was glorious. And, and so, you know, my hype kind of got back up right before I went in the seats, but not because of the flash. And I think that's, that's really sad that, I was going into a movie where the title character I could care less about. It was really just wanting to see the Batman versions that they were going to include. I feel like this movie was mostly just, what does this mean? Where am I going from here? What do I get out of this? And it wasn't excitement for the movie. It was excitement for everything else that comes along with it. If that makes sense. It does make sense. Cause I think that that's been a lot of people's problem going into this movie is a lot of people saying, what's the point, right? Like this this series is dead. The DCEU is dead. We're wrapping it up. Like what's the point of these films right now if there is no grander scale, right? It's just about to be rebooted. We're going to start things all over with the Superman legacy that James Gunn's doing in 2025. So what's the point, right? Like, and to me, I never really bought the what's the point thing is I feel like a good movie is a good movie regardless right. of a bigger universe, right? right? Like if yeah. it's cool, it's cool. Like, it, it doesn't bother me that, I mean, yeah, I would like to see it continue, but it doesn't make me be like, I just don't care anymore, you know, because I'm already sure. seeing that about Aquaman 2 and stuff like that, that we still have stuff to get to, right, to really wrap this thing up. Um, so, yeah, so I think that that's a big one that kind of plays into the box office perspective that we've seen, you know, like this movie here was finally hits. It's been years of delayed and it had all this hype. And then they were like, oh, it's estimating $70 million, which isn't that great. You know, like for a big comic book movie that costs $200 million to make, we kind of need more than 70 million, right? Like, so, uh, you know, maybe it'll overperform. We'll see what happens. And then the weekend comes and it makes 55 million. So it didn't even hit the 70 that they were already worried about. And then it makes 15 less to only break 55, you know? So for all the shit that The Rock and Black Adam took, that movie made $67 million in its opening. You Even know, so... Shazam made more, right? Like, No, Shazam did not. Shazam oh, it did? $30 million. Oh, <laughs> like it was a horrible least. bomb. Oh, yeah. I thought it made yeah, more. It was the uh, least ever. No. Yeah. Shazam barely made $100 million worldwide. And it's the oh, that must have been what I was thinking of. It's really bad. Yeah. And that was in its whole run. So, I mean, you know, like we just talked about, you know, Spider-Verse made 120 in one weekend. So, (laughs) you know. Um, So, yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, the box office has been rough on DC, right? Like, I mean, it's it's making you wonder. Um, Mm -hmm. So, for all those people thinking, like, ooh, we already got the sequel written and we're already doing this and that. It's like, are you, though? (laughs) Are you, though? (laughs) Because, 
<laughs> I don't know because uh, this movie's not. This movie's gonna lose a lot of money <laughs> for the studio, uh, unless it has crazy legs, which I just don't see happening. I mean, I think it'll yeah. hold up for this next weekend, and then you know you have Indiana Jones coming out, and you got Mission Impossible, yeah. And you got Oppenheimer, and you got Barbie, and you got all and these other things coming out. People aren't being nice; like they, they are, they are bashing it <laughs> a oh, lot yeah. it's, with the special it's, effects. It's, it's and... crazy. This is another one of those films again that if you scroll down a Twitter timeline, you go from I saw it four times already. This movie's incredible. And then the very next one's like, I fucking hated this movie. So like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's again, it's just so all over the place, man. Um, mm. for me though, like going back to just kind of our thoughts on stuff, like I loved it. I absolutely love this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a blast. Like it was super funny. Like it was way funnier than I expected it to be. I did expect to laugh, obviously, because we saw how Ezra played Barry in Justice League, right? He was the comedic relief in that movie. I didn't expect it to be this funny. Like, I mean, yeah. it was it was super hilarious. Basically, and I comedy. thought th- Yeah. And I, I thought they did an amazing job, like playing two characters, man, playing the younger version of himself, and then obviously the current version, and playing against himself, like literally the whole time. Um, thought he did an amazing job. Um, like you said, Ben Affleck, dude, he's my favorite Batman. I love seeing him. The opening scene was incredible. We got, you know, Jeremy Irons coming back as Alfred, something I didn't really expect. I was like, yo, that's fucking cool. You know, and we see that they're working together still, right? They have that bond now from Justice League and and he's helping out with everything, you know, and then you get a little cameo from Wonder Woman. And again, you do, 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 I love that. That was every a fun time, joke man, there with her. The needle drop. Yeah. That was huh? Dope. That was a fun joke there with her too, and the yeah. lasso was wrapped with around. Oh yeah, because she's got the lasso on him. Yeah. And Batman's all like, "Ah, it's great to see you." Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> she's like, never gets old. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like sex. I'm a virgin. Oh, um, so yeah, that's like, <laughs> get your hands off the lasso. Um, but yeah, great opening sequence, right? And then you get the whole kind of dialogue, him accidentally going back in time, seeing like, oh, I can kind of do this maybe and talking to Bruce. Hey, should I do this? And him being like, no, man, the the events are what shape us, right? It's how we become who we are. You know, don't mess with time, man. You know, the butterfly effect is going to screw shit up. Okay. Okay. Still does it right. And then now we find out it's a different universe, you know, see his mom is still alive, right? He put the can of uh, tomatoes in the cart. I loved again, the we go back to family in this episode a lot, like, because we had it in Spider-Verse, we had it in Transformers. I felt like that was so strong here, man. I really felt... (laughs) Definitely Fast X, but we're not talking about that one tonight. But on this one, like, I I don't know, man, like, I I choked up a lot on this one. Like, I felt that connection with him and his mom, right? Like, the love, the connection with that. I lost my mom years ago, so seeing that and seeing, like, that I want to get my mom back one more day with her, it hit me. It hit me super strong. So like it was, wow. it was really difficult to kind of watch, especially when he's in slow mo and he's tearing and her hands going down his face and like just scenes like that Very that just beautiful. really kicked it. So awesome, man. You know, and him having to go back at the end and take the, take the, take it out the cart, right? So that didn't happen, and he sets things back. How hard that must have been to be like, if I remove this, my mom's gonna die. Like you know, like basically, I'm setting her up to get killed. Yeah. Um, you know, and seeing that whole journey and then just the other how the world's different right we get you know we knew michael uh shannon was coming back as zod and we're gonna get this man of steel event but 
there's no Superman, right? Kal-El hasn't come out and we got to find Superman and we need to find Cyborg and oh, there Victor Stone's never become Cyborg and you know and all these things start happening and there is no Wonder Woman, you know, and oh, but we know who Batman is. Okay, cool, let's go find Bruce and then it'd be in the Michael Keaton version and I, I love that. And again, the humor, man. Like, I love that. Oh, my God, you're Batman? And he's like, what do you think we're here for? And he's like, I thought this was a cousin's dinner. Right? Because he told them they were going to the cousin's dinner. That shit yeah. fucking killed me. That was um, I love he's just a little idiot, right? Like, and, um, but, you know, seeing him get his powers, right? We didn't get to see that. And seeing them kind of recreate that of him, you know, getting the other Barry his powers and the lightning strike that night with the chemicals and all that stuff I thought was super cool. And then, seeing them kind of recreate from the flashpoint animated you know like with putting him in the chair and, and batman running the kite and kind of getting him electrocuted to get his powers back and seeing that kind of recreated and obviously the introduction to supergirl and how we get the opposite side of that she landed she was here to protect kal-el they killed the baby right the baby wasn't the one you know with the uh with the midichlorians basically you know to, to to get the kryptonians back again you know but she's the one now and and how we had that change of events and just the way everything played out and then you see the worlds colliding and you see all the different you know the nods to the christopher reeve superman and um you know nicholas cage superman like things that you're just like what like that's a deep cut right a lot of people won't know that but that's super cool um, you know, Adam West, Batman, different things there, um, you know, to, to the end there of him going back and then moving the tomato sauce to the top shelf to get his dad out of jail. Super smart, but still fucked up the timeline again. <laughs> and then we get George Clooney as the Bruce Wayne at the end, which I thought was super funny, super, super cool to be like, I love that he's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, what? Matt Bruce. You know, like, so it's like. I just, I loved it, man. I loved the way it played out. I thought it was so much fun. The action was fucking badass. Um, the the heart, the family, the humor. This movie just really worked on for me. And and I've always been the big DC guy. I've been the DC fan. I've loved the DCEU as it stood throughout all these films and really appreciated them for what they tried to do and the kind of the grander kind of scale sometimes it works better than others but i thought this one really worked man i felt it like i felt like i understood those earlier reactions when everybody was like this is it this is the one right this is where it comes in thought ezra killed it thought keaton killed it they fit right back into that role man you want to get nuts let's get nuts um you know affleck was great in the, in his limited time you know seeing everybody come together you know michael shannon coming back seeing that kind of recreation from man of steel um i thought sasha kaye was great as supergirl like curious to see if they choose to go down that route for the supergirl movie in the dcu um just a ton of fun man i really 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 dug this movie um so going back to you peeps i think you kind of had an interesting journey on this one um throughout it so kind of like where'd you start where'd you go and how'd you end up yeah, man. Um, like I said before, I just I really kind of came into this whole thing being very uh, cautious, um, ha being having actually read the Flashpoint comic and watched the Flashpoint animated movie. Um, I know that obviously this was supposed to be Flashpoint, but none of the the, the elements from the trailer were in this. Um, or no, n none of the elements from the comic book really were were were, were in the trailer. So I was always, I mean, this is Flashpoint like, kind of like Civil Ish, War with yeah. Civil War like, 
you know, and that's just kind of what Friggins is helping me kind of like understand and, and cope with that when when they release a movie that's titled Age of Ultron, it's not going to be the Age of Ultron that I know it's going to be. It's it's going yeah, to be we're not getting that different. secret wars. <laughs> you know, we're not yeah. getting that secret invasion either. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Yeah. So um, and I get that, and it's it's just difficult for me. So and so saying that, um, you know, uh, listening to you, Don, like like I I do recall like having a blast, cracking up at multiple points in this movie, from the 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 point when you see a bunch of babies in a building. I'm like, no, they're not. No, they're not. And then you see the building start to collapse, and then the the babies are heading out. I'm like, so they're not going to kill a bunch of babies. This is going to be a ridiculous baby scene, isn't it? Yup. <laughs> so stupid. It was so stupid. It really was. But it was a lot of fun. I will say that. Yeah. Um, I was cracking up and even to the point to where like, you know, he has a little, he's got to get charged, you know, to, to yeah. move, uh, it makes a lot of sense. Um, something, I guess I kind of wish they would have touched on a little bit later, like maybe a callback to this big moment they had in the beginning of the movie, but you know, whatever. Um, yeah, man. Um, I am a lot of things I liked about this movie definitely had a tear at the very end of the movie where he's talking to his mom and it's like, she knows like who he is. Like she knows who he is. And it's like, she knows that he can't, it's this weird, like back to the future thing. Like we've all seen it. We understand how time travel works. So maybe she's smart enough, smart enough to know that he can't actually say anything about who he is or why he's there. But yeah, man, it was it was a very beautiful moment. You know, you can take it probably many different ways. Maybe she had no idea who he was, and she's just that nice of a person. But I, in my mind, I, I want to say that she knew who he was. And um, yeah, super beautiful moment. And I thought it was going to go a little bit darker. And in order to make sure that it happened, he was going to be the one that, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I was Jesus. worried about that, too. No, no, that thought never crossed my mind. Um, yeah, Fred and I are kind of twisted, so that's just that's how we are. Jeez, um, I gotta reset the timeline. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed that they they're going to do Flashpoint without a um, reverse Flash. Um, I thought for sure with them having two flashes, that was going to be a reverse Flash. They did that kind of ish. Um, yeah. But I, I thought it would have been a neat twist on the Reverse Flash character if Reverse Flash was just a, a twisted version of Barry. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, man. Um, lots of really cool points. I, I definitely had a lot of like little teeny tiny nitpicks about this movie. Um, I'm uh, probably bred my... I might save that for, for Friggins, but... No, go for it. Um, I mean can't really think of it now because i'm on such a high of all the, the positives that the i reverse like flash the... i didn't like i didn't like the batman stuff as much as friggin so i'll definitely let him take that Thanks. um take the uh... reverse flash <laughs> um no 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 um yeah uh oh supergirl i thought she was great um unfortunately because this is the first time that we've seen her I don't think we had enough time to actually 
care that much about her um and really get invested in her um you know her discovering her powers and her having her nice clean superman suit in the (laughs) there's nothing there's not even a bucket for her to poop in nothing there's just her emaciated and then the superman suit (laughs) that was nice of the the russians to throw that in there by the way but um i don't know man like i wanted more of her and i wanted to uh, kind of see a little bit more about like that character but as much as i like her like huge miss opportunity to make that have that character be uh henry cavill i think seeing him as that at this time i think would have drawn in so many more people and then even see that like in the flashpoint superman was super emaciated so we're not going to see henry cavill we're going to see like captain america like one like skinny and, and what brody andrew brody and whatever his name is like skinny henry cavill and I don't know, man. Like, I, I think that w- that could have been kind of cool. The stakes, him versus so- Zod, would have been kind of interesting. And I don't know. Uh, and and the fact that I don't really understand what they're trying to say. Like, their timeline is destined. They're destined to die in that timeline, right? Yeah. That's why it's like it's like the time machine movie. Right. No matter how many times he fixes it, no matter it's what going you to, do, yeah. yeah. But, like, if that's the rule, then why is Barry trying to save his mom? Because if that happens in time, then you can't fix that. I, I don't that's know. What, I think that's what it took for him to learn that message. Right, to realize that. Yeah, He didn't think that that was the case until he saw yeah. that. Well, that's I why guess. that other version became the Dark Flash, because he was like, we can stop it. No one has to die. Let's keep trying. And he yeah. gets stuck just doing it over and over and over. You know, it's the yeah. edge of tomorrow. <laughs> just constantly trying it in different angles but at the end of the day it's they're always destined to die no matter what they do so you know our Barry figured that out finally and was like there's there's no other way around it we gotta put it back you know yeah yeah I don't know mm. <laughs> but I don't know I, 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 I wanted more um, what's his name Zod uh, Michael Shannon I thought he was great um yeah, I don't, know. I, I, I don't know. Like, it's like those characters. Like, their whole purpose in that movie was just to die. Like, that's yeah, and and to yeah help Barry get back <laughs> to his. I don't know. That kind of sucks. Like, I wanted to yeah. see them be able to transition or some or or at least kind of you know give him a high five as he kind of leaves their their universe alone. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I mean, so them. this movie. This movie has been through a lot, as we talked about, you know, many years and many leadership changes, you know. So uh, the ending to this movie has changed three times. So wow. the 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 original ending to this movie that was made the first go around, um, he, he does fix the timeline or not doesn't fix it. But at the end of it, he does end up saving them. So Michael Keaton stays Perfect. as Batman and Perfect. Sasha Kaye is is there as Supergirl, right? And and because that you could tell it's where they were going. Remember, they made that Batgirl movie and Michael Keaton was in it, right? Yeah. So he was gonna be the Batman, right? We lost Affleck, we got Keaton back, the timeline kind of turned. Um, but that's the way it ended up. And that was the original kind of way. And then leadership changed again, right around that Black Adam time, and then it was like, Hey, 
let's kind of go back to what we originally were doing. And then, and so at the end of the movie, after he comes, everything always ended on the courthouse at the end. And then it was, you know, at the end of the courthouse, he comes out and Michael Keaton is back. He's there again, Sasha Kaye, but now Henry Cavill is back. They shot a scene with Henry Cavill coming in and Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot coming in. And this is now your new Justice League, right? Like this is your new group. The timeline's kind of mixed, so we got a little bit of the old, we got a little bit of the new, and here's how we're going forward, right? But then James Gunn took over, and they were like, no more Henry Cavill, so they didn't want to leave him in there, so they took that out. Gal seems to be done, so they took her out of that end frame, and then they decided to kill off Keaton and Kaye in the scene because, you know, what are we going to do? Like, that's probably not the direction we're going. We're resetting everything, so let's not bring any of that. And that's how that end scene shifted to kind of the joke of, oh, Batman is now George Clooney, right? Like, Batman keeps changing no matter what timeline he does. It's a different different Bruce. It's a different Batman, right? So that's kind of how we got to where we got. So this movie's had the ending reshot at least three times, if not more, (laughs) um, which I find hilarious. So... There's, I, I wish I could see the scene. I want to see Henry Cavill come in, man. He, yes. he was my biggest gripe with this film is that there was, they kind of wrote him off in the beginning in the Justice League kind of scene. They're like, oh, he's off saving. And you see on the news, he's flying around shooting, shooting lasers, lasers at volcanoes. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I wanted him just like Wonder Woman showed up. Like I wanted him to kind of come in and we could have at least got some kind of Justice League scene man. in the beginning before Barry fucked up the timeline, right? So we could have at least kind of said goodbye in that section. Um, I wanted one more, right? And then I felt even at the end when you're seeing the worlds collide and this and that, we get Christopher Reeve, all this stuff. Like there was really no love for Henry Cavill, right? I I only Mm -hmm. saw him in one shot as he was going through the multiverse which was the justice league one where he's got the when they fight him you know and he's yeah and he's looking at and like there's a freeze frame of him like that you know as he's running through and that was pretty much the only kind of reference i felt for him you know so i was kind of bummed that they didn't lean into that a little bit more because you could tell like they besides the cyborg part of it all which we know that you know they've been beefing so i didn't expect to see you know ray fisher pop up but you know i expected it they could have slid in Cavill, I felt, in that beginning action sequence to kind of help out and be like, all right, guys, I'll see you later, you know, and then take off. Um, yeah. It would have been nice, I, I think. I feel like there's just been too much drama with him, too. Not that he's done anything wrong, but there seems to be – there's got to be something under behind the scenes with him and WB because they haven't wanted to do the next Man of Steel, and I feel like he's just completely always getting pushed under the rug. And for them to just be like, eh, like putting them off, putting them off. And they're focusing on all these other things. Like Wonder Woman kind of took that spotlight and, and even doing multiple suicide squads before doing another man of steel. So I feel like that just kind of fits with the, with the normal thing that they've been doing. Um, But for this movie, um, you know, I'm going to pick up because they were so nostalgic with a lot of this, you know, like it was so, you could it tell was, Andy but... Muschietti was paying his respect to what came before it, right? You're going to lean in so heavy to the Man of Steel dialogue in this movie and then not at have least the have bad a guy. cameo yeah, in yeah. the beginning. You know, like I, I like I said, give me, it could have been as short as the Gal Gadot one. Like just, he should have just helped out and then been like, peace out, you know, and at least we would have had, hey, in this timeline, that's still our Justice League. That's what we had. And then Barry shifted it, you know. But the hardest problem with Superman is he solves all your problems. And so Barry needs to be the one to solve the problem. That's why he comes in at the end. (laughs) (laughs) He could have helped catch some babies. Come on, dude. Yeah, that he could have. And, and, um, you know, and, and that's where, like, this movie almost lost me right off the bat. 
Um, the beginning, I think like the first half of this movie, I was just eye rolling and I was like, God, I'm going to hate this movie. Um, the baby scene, you know, th- this, everyone keeps asking me if this movie is good or not. And I'm like, it's not good, but it is fun. And that's the thing that I struggle with. So when you talked about like the, the critic score being so low and the audience score being so high, that's actually like a perfect example of, of my own experience is I feel like if you look at it critically, you're going to chop this thing to pieces. I mean, it's not structurally sound that there's a million plot holes. The CGI is mostly crap. There's like all this like weird stuff, but some way they managed to make this thing fun as hell. And that's the The roommate scene. Yeah. All, yeah. All that stuff is just, it's, it's weird how they were able to, to mix that together in such a way to make it work. But I got to say, like, the, the baby scene was stupid. Like, but at the same time, like, as it was happening, my first reaction was like, this is totally dumb. But then I thought, you know, this is something that would scene. happen in a comic book. Like, I could it was see the Quicksilver it. scene. Yeah, it's, you know, kind of a Quicksilver <laughs> idea. I could see this being in a comic. So I give it a little bit of credit for the fact that they are, at least in some regards, sticking to, um, you know, a, a comic-y kind of vibe. Now, I personally struggle with Ezra Miller. I know that you mentioned you really liked their portrayal. Um, I feel like I'm too linked to the comic and the old versions um, that their portrayal doesn't really match with that vibe. And so I struggle with that. Plus, we also have Grant Gustin, and I absolutely Dude. love him as the Flash. So it's an opportunity. Absolutely. I'm just like, you could have just had him the whole time, but whatever. Um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, the bottom line is Ezra did do j- good job in this movie, and especially playing two versions of themselves. <laughs> um, it, it, it's really uh, challenging to be able to pull that off in such a way where they actually seem like different people. And I had mm-hmm. no trouble differentiating the two, right? Like they did a really good job of creating this one had longer hair. Well, other than the visual cues, yeah, but like with the personalities, the way they yeah. spoke, the way uh, they presented themselves, I mean, it was it was really well done. So I do got to give Ezra credit for that. But for me, this movie is all about Batman and all about Supergirl. Um, when <laughs> Batfleck was in there kicking butt right off the bat, I was digging it. Um, some of the like the bad guy thing kind of sucked. It was just another bunch of random Joe Schmoes. I know, peeps, you mentioned like when we've talked offline that that should have been like a villain. Character. Yeah, it should have been Kite Man. You know, something, hell yeah. right? Somebody. Something. Um, and so that was a missed opportunity. You're you're going to be the Peacemaker show. I don't know anybody. Yeah, you're going to yeah. wipe out the the Batfleck anyway. Why not make it be somebody else? Um, yeah. And then, you know, you got uh, Keaton coming in and I was worried about like how that was going to play out, but he kicks so much ass and like that fight scene when they're in that Russia area and he swoops down and just destroys those bags. I mean, like the whole time I was like, oh, shit, damn, you know, like I kept like just being like, wow, like I couldn't believe like the wickedness that he had. Like we all talk about like Batfleck, like straight up murdering people. Mm-hmm. But this <laughs> Keaton was pretty if I'm pretty sure some of those dudes were dead, too. So 
Um, and I think then, just brain injuries. I don't think they're that. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're definitely like long term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You only drop one guy like 50 feet. <laughs> yeah. And then you bring in Supergirl. And I know you guys are all, you know, whooped on Henry. Like, I will take Sasha Kaya as Supergirl. <laughs> Give me that. Like, I want that movie. Like, when she shows up and she's just like hammering those bad guys now there's She's definitely great. some dead bad guys there <laughs> oh yeah she killed oh, them all, which man. makes sense like you know they're it looked like her spine had like holes in it like they were yeah, like, like they were like digging something in there mm-hmm. but she just whooped ass and i absolutely loved every second of it so again i said it in the beginning and you know here i am like a lot of the joy of the movie was everything to do with non-flash for me and i thought the batman scenes were so great and that the supergirl scene was so great that that really helped me to um, find a different appreciation for the movie after that like halfway point and i will give it credit for the comedy aspects i was not expecting to laugh so much and i really did have a fun time so although i do think that it's like critically not a great movie i do have i did have a blast with it and do recommend it um so that was that was a really fun aspect cgi you know, was not done well. I know they're coming out trying to say like, oh, it's done that way on purpose. I feel like that's a, a cop out. Like, <laughs> but you know, who knows? I don't I don't think so. I gotta combat that like <laughs> at all. I, I don't think it was that big of a deal. Like I think everybody's blowing it way more out of proportion. Most of the CG was fantastic in this movie. There were definitely moments and and I do get what he's saying. Like if you read the article where he's breaking it down He's talking about how it's seen from that speed force kind of perspective. So things are blurry. He's looking at things so fast that things are offset because you're seeing it through Barry's eyes. And I was, and he's, everything was done on purpose. Remember they've made this movie over the course of the last three fucking years. There's plenty of time to flesh this movie out and to work on the CG and to do this stuff. I have no doubt that that was specifically the way they wanted it to look. It was risky, that... maybe, right? Because now you have this conversation of people being like bad CG when it really wasn't, and it was just an intentional thing to do. But when they, when you take it out and you look at it from different perspectives in the movie, it works, man, on so many levels. Like, 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 so much of the CG was super top notch. So, it just you know, you got you got to take a look at that. The only thing that it did for because the baby's CG was crap so like you know it's not just that scene, they should have just you know? used real babies <laughs> yeah yeah just launch them out the building um but no like the the right, thing so is kids again. they did yeah right <laughs> they did this specifically so that way they can bring in those cameos right seeing christopher Reeve, seeing adam west seeing nick cage which by the way that was just so well done and if you know that story it just makes it so much yeah. better if you haven't if you don't know why spider. if you don't know why nick cage was fighting a big spider as superman <laughs> you need to go and listen to kevin smith talk about this kevin smith has uh, a whole show he did where he like explains how they wrote the script and that was going to mm-hmm. be the scene of tim burton superman you gotta listen to it it'll make that scene so much better um but yeah there's a I great mean, documentary too called the death of superman lives what yes happened. And it, and it breaks it all down what happened with this movie so definitely check that out and and it also like it it was a shining moment in the movie for me because i knew those those aspects to it so it made it really fun um but overall i mean i feel like i could keep talking uh, uh especially about batman and and also batman uh and also batman um but <laughs> there's at least three of them um and 
I just think this is very music, reminiscent yeah, of a fast, furious movie aspect where you if you go in, you're just gonna turn your brain off, have a good time, let it let it ride. Um, and uh yeah, that's where I'll leave it. Okay. Any other points y'all want to touch on with Flash? Only th- actually, I'll take it back. I want one more thing to say, <laughs> and that is, and I know you're going to disagree with me, Don, and you're going to tell me I'm crazy. Um, but the after credit scene is not worth staying. It's a joke. That's all it is. Is a stupid joke. And Barely I funny. It, I could have just went home early, five minutes early. Okay, but here is my counter to that because right, I agree with you. The after credit scene sucked. It sucked. I'm not denying that. Okay. <laughs> it was horrible, and honestly, my theater groaned when the scene <laughs> was over. Everybody was like, "Fuck!" Like we just waited through ten minutes of credits for that. Yeah, like yeah. it. It was a bummer, right? But my point on your thing was more of like to just say it's a joke and skip it isn't quite the way I would want to present that to people because if there are people that didn't, that's a big cameo to have Jason Momoa pop in as Aquaman showing again that in that universe, even with an alternate timeline, he is still Arthur Curry. He is still Aquaman. He's, you know, could be a different version of Aquaman, but he's still that Aquaman in that timeline to set up Aquaman too. And that's a big cameo in a scene to just blankly say, the end credits is a joke. Don't stay because you're 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 making people miss out on the fact that there is a cameo from Aquaman in this movie, even though the scene sucks. <laughs> that, but it's still there. And like, I would at least preface that there is a cameo in there to go along with that joke. Um, so stay or don't stay. You know, I'm kind of letting you know I didn't care for it, kind of a thing. But like, I just didn't like that you wrote it off because there's a lot of people <laughs> that probably would have found out that Momoa was in it. And probably would have been mad because he's in no other part of the movie. So, like, if you would have missed out on that, regardless of the joke, I think supposedly that scene's supposed to set up a bigger purpose for his movie. So, like, they're saying it's not people are not understanding what they were going for. I guess. In, uh, I in definitely scenes because so, I think if 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 we get to Aquaman two and they mentioned that Barry was like hanging out with them, cool. That explains it. I didn't have to wait those five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, yeah, just final thoughts. Uh, d- definitely disappointed that it, this wasn't a bigger um, uh, baton pass to the future of DC. Like, I thought this would have been like, wow, like everything's fixed, but it's just, it's normal, but everything's so different. And then would have been able to kind of see some more teases onto, uh, to the future uh, of DC and where they're, where they're headed. And I was hoping for that. And yes, at the end of this, they they are in a new canon DC, or are they? Because if you're saying this is the new canon DC, then we have a new Batman, right? And that's not this. That's not the case. I, I doubt that is who we're going to have. Well, Batman, I think this Brave is the timeline the that Ezra's in to separate it from what we're going to get in the James right. Bond DCU, and right? I, so that we didn't. He didn't fix it, so we're not back to where we started. He's created another branch, and now that version of those people are in that branch. Yeah, kind of. It's going to be over there. It just kind of so sucks for everybody I, in the old one because now we don't have a Flash. So yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's where I think I agree with you, peeps. That like 
it, this movie should have come out after Aquaman 2, which I know was the original way that they presented it. Yeah. And then it kind of flipped with the delays. Because if you would have left it with this one, it would have given Gunn and them a chance to really launch off, like you said, baton pass, right? He could have yeah. set the thing and then you see, oh shit, I still didn't fix it. The timeline's fucked up. And then him try to, you know, maybe go back again. But then when he comes out, it's the new actor that's going to be Flash, right? right. And it's like, yeah. what the hell happened? You know, like, and then now we're in the DCU. There's a different Superman flying around. There's a different yeah. Batman. And it's just totally different. And it just ends with this is the launch of the new universe, right? Like, they could have right. baton passed it right. really, really nice if this would have came last. But I think having yeah. Aquaman come out fucks it up because it's like, are we getting a different kind of Aquaman in this next movie? Because this is not the Arthur Curry from the last Aquaman sure, movie. Yeah. This is a different version, so to speak, from this yeah. timeline. It it can't And get the fact that he's fighting Black Manta, maybe this is the first time he's fighting Black right. Manta. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we'll see. And uh yeah, the whole flash thing, I'm sure you mentioned this too, but remember DC's like slate that they released and Flash was part of it, and it was supposed to be 2018 when that was supposed to come out. Yep, <laughs> mm-hmm. yep, yep. Man. It's been a journey, man. It's been a journey. Ah, it only took to 2023. Like I said, dude, season one of the Flash TV show. <laughs> that show went nine seasons, and we yeah, still didn't that get long. that movie. Yeah. That's nuts. All right, guys, let's, uh, let's do scores real quick. So I'm going to go five out of five. This has been a great spoiler review for me because uh, we went five for Spider-Man, five for Transformers, and five for Flash. So this was a good mix of uh, three movies to discuss tonight. So mm-hmm. like I said, I absolutely loved it. Big, big fan of this one. Gave me everything I hope to get out of it uh, and a little bit more. So like I had, had a blast with it. A lot of fun. So five out of five for me. Friggins? So I was trying to decide exactly where this was going to fall. This one, I, I have a hard time coming up with the score because I think like more seriously, this should be a lower ranking score for me for like two and a half to three range. But I can't help but re- realize how much fun I had. And I was like smiling the whole time I watched the movie. So I have to give it credit phasing, for that. I, I have to uh, give a crowd out shout out for the phasing because that shit was. Oh, that was hilarious. funny. When you phase through the floor. Exactly. Yeah. And his moments like that, that over him. were really funny and, and brought joy. So I had a good time at the theater. So I'm gonna give it some credit. I'll bring it up to a four. Um, it's probably not like critically that way, but like for the enjoyment, I, I'll give it a four. So for me tonight was uh, interesting, it was a little step down. It's a five, four and a half, and four. I it it's disappointing because I have to go after Friggins every time. So it's like you copied Friggins. So <laughs> I am again copying Friggins, and I'm giving this movie a four. Um, I I do want to give it that that you know Don loves halves, but I do want to give it that four and a half. Um, oh, you know for all the uh, all the uh, fun moments that that I had in this movie, and, and you know it might potentially go up for sure. But um, yeah, man. Even things like his lightning inconsistency. Sometimes his lightning is blue. Sometimes it was like yellow. yellow it was blue or when he orange. wasn't in the suit. It was blue when he was in the suit. Is his, that is that the difference? Made it, or- it made it orange. Yeah, his suit made it yellow because it was it was the way he was holding down the energy in it. Because even the other one, he had the Batman suit, and that was blue when he was running. And then when he was in his ring suit that he had, 
Um, it was always yellow, but when he no, wasn't in the suit, so. it was blue. I don't think so. Because yes. there was a moment yes. when like, he, he, he ripped the gloves off, though. He ripped the gloves off. Yeah. It was always yellow when he had the suit on. But the second he didn't have the suit on, he ran blue. I think when he ripped the gloves off. Which, which, I, which I really, really enjoyed because watching the trailer, I was, I was like, how are they going to explain his lightning changing colors? Because it was blue in the Zack Snyder films. Right. And I'm like, why is it yellow all of a sudden, right? Which the yellow looked cool as shit. Yeah, but then I noticed it was the suit because as soon as, like I said, like he, and then when the other Barry got his powers and started running, he was blue. And then even when he had the Batman suit, it was blue. Um, <laughs> and then when Ezra ran the one time without his suit on, it was blue. But then once he had the suit on, it turned yellow. So I thought that was pretty cool. It was like that. the way it harnessed the energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yes, the reason and Flash gives it five out of five. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> nice. a little five. <laughs> cool. Um. All right. So as we do, real quick, as we do with all these comic book movies, the Marvels, the DCs, we like to do our updated countdowns. So real quickly, we want to run through kind of how where does the Flash fall on our DCEU list, which once again. Uh, falls between Man of Steel and The Flash. So all the movies that fall into the actual DCEU. So, Friggins, you want to run it through? Sure. I got 14 films. That's what you got? Yep. Just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. All right. So Wonder Woman, 1984 at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Regular Justice League, number 13. Um, That's the, uh, what's the guy's name? Joss Whedon version. Joss Whedon. Mm -hmm. Um, 12, Aquaman. 11, Suicide Squad with Will Smith. 10 is Black Adam. 8 is Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Number... I I messed it up. That was 9. Number 8 is Birds of Prey and the Harley Long Name. And I'm putting The Flash at 7 right now. I will say that Harley and Flash could easily swap. Um, That's a tough one for me because I really do enjoy the Harley one. Uh, But with all the awesome Batman stuff, I'm putting that at 7. Then I have uh, moved up. Uh, Man of Steel used to be like towards the bottom for me. That one, after some rewatches, I brought that up to six. Batman v Superman's five. Shazam, the first one, four. Uh, Snyder cut Justice League, number three. Suicide, the Suicide Squad, um, number two. And Wonder Woman, the first one, is not my number one. Where's your Shazam 2? Shazam 2 is number nine, uh, right after Birds of Prey. Okay. Peeps, what you got? I got uh, Wonder Woman 84 for number 14, uh, Batman v Superman for 13, the original Suicide Squad for 12, uh, 11, I have the original Justice League, uh, 10, Birds of Prey, and 9 is where I fit the new Flash. Um, mm-hmm. After that, uh, Shazam, the first Shazam movie uh, uh, at number 8. Number 7, I got the Aquamans. On uh, number six, I got the Wonder Woman's. Uh, number five, I got Black Adam. Number four, Shazam 2. Uh, number three, Man of Steel. Number uh, two would be the uh, Zack Snyder Justice League. And then number one is the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. I always forget you have the Shazam 2 up so high. I know, I did too. I really, I really like that. Movie. <laughs> really, really high. Yeah. Loves unicorns. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. Um, all right. So coming in number 14, we'll make it a trifecta. Wonder Woman 1984. Okay. Uh, number 13, Birds of Prey in the fantabulous one, Harley Quinn. Uh, number 12, yeah, yeah. Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Number 11, the first original Suicide Squad. Number 10, Wonder Woman. 
Number nine, the original Shazam. Number eight, Aquaman. Number seven, Black Adam. Number six, The Suicide Squad. Number five, The Flash. So that's where I come in at number five. Number four, the original Justice League theatrical version. Number three, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Number two, Man of Steel. And number one, the Zack Snyder Justice League, baby. Um, so that is our dated DCEU countdown. One movie to go. Oh, actually, two, two movies Blue to Beetle. go, kind of. I don't know, man. Blue Beetle's kind of hanging on that. Like James Gunn made a statement the other day, which was kind of weird because he said, Blue Beetle is the first official character of my DCU. Yeah. But Superman Legacy is my first official movie of the DCU. So it kind of sounds like he likes the character and he's going to keep the character, but that movie is not canon. <laughs> it's the sound of it because he did not say the Blue ah, Beetle movie is a part of the DCU. Character. He said Blue Beetle is. The character is a part of it. So makes me feel like he doesn't want the movie to be canon, sure. but he's going to keep the actor and the character in the DCU. Because okay. I think the movie's very standalone-ish. It's not going to show anybody or talk about anything that would really hinder the DCU. So um, so that one's going to kind of, it, it teeters on if it'll be a DCU or just a DC movie. Uh, but we at least have Aquaman 2, The Lost Kingdom coming out down the pipe here. Mm -hmm. So that is our flash spoiler review uh so thanks everybody again for uh Ooh. trucking along here a little over two hours but we did it we did it uh for our big trifecta of our am i still in the air across the spider-verse transformers rise of the beast and the flash spoiler reviews so lots of goodness to get through there as we broke it all down so let's go around the horn and see where everybody can find y'all friggins tell them well, I'm pretty much only on Instagram and Twitter right now. That's at Friggins, F-R-I-G-G-I-N-Z, Friggins with a Z. And then occasionally I get lucky enough to be invited back to this show, Am I Still on the Air, and occasionally over at a Peeps show over at the People's Forum. So you can uh, keep a track uh, or keep track of their shows or check out reddragonsradio.com where it's got all the links to all the good shows. There you go. Follow it right there. Africans with a Z. Uh, all right, peeps. Hello. Yes, uh, the People's Forum um, on the internet. Uh, I talk a lot about uh, you know Marvel DC stuff uh, every Mondays. Though I have been slacking lately. Uh, you know, life is busy, so trying to get those episodes out yes. for everybody. But uh, <laughs> that's why we're doing three movies in one night, y'all. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, and we're going to be uh, ugh, so much, so much going. Uh, down the pipeline so uh but yeah um mainly talking about this uh, this kind of stuff i try to do uh my we views just kind of movie reviews here and there but uh yeah podcast thing if uh and you know here on this guy's dx's uh thing every now and then friggins i haven't yet to to stop by on my friggin movie review maybe <laughs> we'll i have to figure out how to edit yeah, like exactly. multiple people <laughs> in <laughs> i can just go over there it's not oh okay fun. we'll work some now <laughs> i want to tell you you're friggin wrong on a real review. <laughs> <laughs> like right there that's so funny yeah, uh, just you like ended one episode. Out. Tell me if wrong. I'm friggin' right or friggin' wrong, and then I you're push the screen wrong. over, and I'm like, "Yo, you're friggin' <laughs> wrong," and this is why. <laughs> I love it. Good. I love it. Good. All right, maybe we'll have to we'll have to have an in person recording session. Perfect. <laughs>
So yeah, follow peeps there at For My Peoples over there on the Twitter and uh, check out the podcast here on the Red Dragons Radio. And of course, for us here, you can see everything ticking along the bottom. Pretty easy. Follow at Am I on the Air pretty much across all socials, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, everywhere. Just follow along, Am I on the Air. Uh, new episodes stream every Tuesday, so make sure you check that out for your weekly breakdown of different movies and TV shows and everything in between. And you can follow me directly at DX Don Mega as well. So Thank you again for trucking with us and sticking with us for two hours and 20 minutes as we broke down three films here. And we hope that uh, we caught up for all y'all that have been waiting for, uh, you know, all three of these or maybe one of these, two of these. Who knows? I think you'd like to listen to all three. So um, I hope you appreciate it. I'm going to try to put some uh, timestamps in here for the the audio podcast so you can jump around maybe if you need to. Uh, we'll see what we could do there, how easy that would uh, pans out to be. But thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next time. So follow everybody. Keep us all on Twitter, and we'll keep you posted with what's next. So take care of yourselves and each other. And until next time, y'all. Peace. Yo, Joe. Red Dragons!